This is an Ask Brothers production. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Ask Brothers Rant. Download all our content on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to smash that subscribe button. Enjoy. Welcome to this, an Ask Brothers Rantcast, the final Ask Brothers Rantcast of the year before it all gets chopped up and changed next year. And what a fucking weird, COVID-y, bullshit, fucking difficult to watch season it has been. And uh, 14 FA Cups, we can sit here and we can do what everyone else has done and, and wax lyrical about the 14 FA Cups. But we're here to talk about the season. We're here to talk about the Premier League season and more than that we're here to have a look at the statistics that we've gathered over the course of the year so for those of us who who uh, regularly follow us on the ask brothers rank cast the whole way back to when it was ask bros og and it was just me and toby back in the day we have always done the three two ones and the one two threes so that's every single game Three points awarded to the best player, two points to the second best player, and one point to the third best player. And where we differ a lot of other people is we also uh, we also give shit cunt points. So one point to the third most shit cunt, two point to the second most shit cunt, and one point to the shittest cunt. And this year, it's all been collated. It's all been put into the spreadsheet. We would have been out a week earlier, except someone deleted the entire spreadsheet and had to go back through 12 months of instant messenger group to find the the data and entered it in, and it only took three days. Um, but it's all in there, and it's really, really interesting. And what we're going to do today is we're going to kind of go through it, um, chat about the interesting points, and drill down into the data because, quite frankly, guys, Everyone has opinions, but it's not until we actually look at what we said and what we did across the entire year that our opinions, our biases, our confirmations all become apparent. Um, and there's some really, really interesting stuff in here, and we're going to get stuck into it. We're going to kick off with just some some little overviews and some little bits and pieces of chat. Um, and as always, I'm joined by my fantastic brothers in ass. We're like a fucked up dire straight song, but <laughs> and so, I don't know. I just started thinking about brothers in arms. Did anyone ever make that connection before? Because I only just made that connection right then when I said it. Well, you're an idiot if there was no correlation between that and the name. Like brothers in us. Well, Toby, you but, piped up. So how are you, mate? Good, good on you, champ. Thanks, um, champ. Yeah, fine. Fine. Um, yeah, good good win on Sunday. So it made the world a little bit less shit for us Victorians. It was, it was. And, and you know, Toby and I are in now the most draconian of lockdowns that have ever existed. So in Melbourne now we have a curfew where we're not allowed outside of our houses by 8pm and we're locked in until 5am. Uh, so we weren't even able to fucking do what we usually do, which is go and fucking get drunk get stoned, fucking for me to smoke all of Toby's weed in his house and throw it all over the floor and get super drunk like we do most years. So instead we had to fucking have breakfast and do it over Zoom and it was it was bullshit. But I did get to talk to one of my other main men, Manny Riz, Man Dog, the 
Jens fucking poet, layman, cunt? How are you, champion? I'm good. Went to the gym this morning, bro. I feel great. I feel great. First time in five months, bro. It was amazing. Mate, you're yeah. a you're a shrinking violet. Look at you. Just just wasting away. You're all skin and actually, bone. <clears throat> actually, I've maintained every ounce of fucking muscle during lockdown, bro. I've too, maintained champion. it all, bro. <laughs> yeah, so. I feel great. I'm just rocking yeah, there's it. There's nothing just, there, bro. There's just rocking there. it, mate. Massive. Scotty <laughs> Mike, how are you, mate? You uh, you've you've sort of made your sentiments clear that you're relieved for the end of the season. You're relieved for this to be maybe one of the last podcasts that that you do for six or seven weeks. Yep, it's uh, finally over, champion. So uh, <laughs> I've had enough. <laughs> I've had enough, mate. It's been shit. Sorry, I had to join in on that. <laughs> it's all about the champions. And uh, the, the the superstar himself, the newly crowned prince of podcasting, from the from rags to riches story, he's the Jamie Vardy of podcasting. Nobody wanted him. He came in off the bench for an average team, and now he's, he's risen to the heights of, of now one of the, the soon to be started but named... Uh, same old Arsenal USA podcast. Ryan, mate, you've got to be happy. You're like Super 10. He's more the Rebecca Vardy of uh, podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> You're on mute, you fucking donut. Uh, yeah, no. She, I mean, she's a little bit uglier than Jamie, but whatever. I'll take what I can get. Uh, yeah, that's, that's exciting. Yeah, uh, you would take what you can get. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exciting. But uh, I just feel like the big asshole. Like I, you know, you, you get an invitation in the mail that says dress up party. I dress up, and then I'm the asshole. Everyone's wearing suits. I'm the one that dresses a fucking clown. So fuck me, right? But we just we yeah. just don't wear we just don't wear Arsenal paraphernalia on the. Well, Arsenal I was really talking about the tie, but yeah, I guess the Arsenal yeah. fucking kit didn't do me any justice either. But thank God the me? fucking season's over. Who, who uses the mail anymore? <laughs> How long was your well, waiting for that? With, with with quarantine going, where the mail is slowly coming back into into you know circulation. Well, did they come by carrier pigeon? Mm-hmm. I'm not that old. <laughs> All right, boys, Mania. Let's kick it off with you. The season has finished. It's complete. Uh, it's panned out for many of us in the positions that we predicted. I know that you, me, Dan, and Scunny all all predicted that we wouldn't get into the top six, that we wouldn't get into the Europa positions through the Premier League. And there seems to be a, a, a kind of strange narrative now that we've won silverware throughout a lot of the Arsenal fan base that all of a sudden the, the green shoots have risen through the dewy ground. And, you know, what was there before didn't exist and people seem to have forgotten that we've finished eighth and that on the last day of the season we were sitting in tenth. And um, without being, you know, massively negative, it's what we deserved. Mm-hmm. What else? But the league table doesn't lie, bro. We were terrible. We were terrible in the league. All right. I mean, we so technically we didn't finish in the European spaces. So we were right about that. Um, and 
I echoed the sentiments of Dan when he was saying that, you know what, if we're going to get into Europe, I'd rather we win a silverware. Rather we win silverware attached to it because obviously it means more. And we did just that. But in the league itself, we were abysmal. We were abysmal in everything. I mean, 13th in the league in terms of chances created, conceding an endless amount of goals, just terrible. And I'm so happy that it's over, to be honest with you. Mm. Scunny, there's no doubt that the performances got better. However, the results really stayed as indifferent as what they had been prior to Arteta coming in. And and, and it was very much a, a, a roundabout whirly bird of a season. Are you kind of on the on the the train that a lot of the fans are of that there's green shoots everywhere and and and, and staring into the future and thinking that these guys somehow had turned a corner under Arteta? Or are you still of the opinion that it is what it is, it was quite an average team and the winning of silverware is just a nice cherry on top of a shit cake? Yeah, probably the second in that. It's nice to have a bit of silverware for a crap season. You know, uh, the, the team it is what it is. There's no denying it. It's like Manny said, you know, the league doesn't lie. Uh, Tobes, mate, you are uh, much like we have decided that you would prefer to ram your head deep into the earth and listen to no opinions, no transfers, no nothing until the season starts next year. Is is your level of relief to be able to get a break from this this merry-go-round of Arsenal? Is it is it palpable your relief, or do you think like many of us, we're going to talk a big game and within a week, every one of us is going to be looking on every article right. on every bullshit thing that we can find. I lasted about 34 seconds after <laughs> proclaiming that I was never going to click on any fucking clickbait to do with transfers whatsoever and then had to admit it in our message group. So I was like, nah, fuck that. I don't do clickbait. I'm smarter than the rest of the pricks. I don't jump to, you know, the way modern journalism actually works, which is all advertising and sensationalised head- headlines. And something popped up and I went, oh, <laughs> and I clicked on it and I like had to scorn myself immediately. But who gives a fuck? Like I'm, you know, I've I've kind of ended the season on more of an optimistic high, you know, in um, in the lovely words of, of Max um paying out big steve i've got a horn for the kids so you know <laughs> no, steve steve has a hard on for the kids and that uh oh, okay well yeah i, I might have <laughs> changed it a bit but i i'm full with project youth and i'm just happy that we've got you know a coach that has affected the team in a positive way beyond the sum of its parts if you know what i mean so i i'm i'm just happy you know like the season was shit broken up three different managers Sometimes playing above mm. ourselves, sometimes playing. Was very far segmented. Below was very ourselves. segmented, wasn't it? The season for sure, it, it was- for sure. But but yeah, I, I'm not unhappy. You know, like whatever fucking analogy you were making about fucking um, saplings coming up through the dew, or what the fuck ever you were trying to sound intelligent with. Uh, yeah. I certainly <laughs> think there there are the beginnings of some spring for Arsenal. At least we got something to build on now so you know obviously we've got to get rid of some players if we can um but there's something there's something there there's something there so i'm uh, less miserable than you cunts mm. for one Ryan, not miserable. Uh, 
miserable. How dare you? None of us are miserable. I don't think any of us are miserable. I think that we try and look through the 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 haze and the hysteria on the ass bros, and we generally try and. No, Max, it's not. It's not misery, bro. Right? It's realness. It's not misery. All right. It's just realness, man. We were terrible this season, but it, that doesn't mean we haven't seen the positives. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ryan, um, Mikel Arteta, are you going to shag him? Are you going to date him? Or are you going to marry him? Is is he a is he a is he your is he your forever ever? Are you just happy dipping the tip in him, or like are you going to going to give it some time and take him on a couple of dates? All right, so. I didn't think you were going to ask this question, but for some reason I saw I thought this through like multiple times. So my plan is my plan is take him on a nice little a nice little date to maybe like a TGI Fridays, maybe Tuesdays. I don't know if you guys. Are gonna, do you think Mikael's going to like? You're do you think so Mikael's going to like? Do you think Mikael's going to like fucking, like, fucking hot wings and bad cocktails? For fuck's sake, we're going to get like the you know, we're going to get the limited apps on TGI Fridays. We're going to get fucking wasted. I'm going to take him with my parents. See what my parents say, and then if all's good, man, I'm fucking. This is this is my ball slapping his oh, ass. Ryan, you're such That's a cheap bastard. So Ryan, again, you, you really, hold on, hold you on, really hold failed. On, hold, hold on, Max. TGI Fridays of all the, of all the possible. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. This is this is a manager who plucked us from obscurity and has given us silverware and the first place you take him is TGI Fridays. It's just I mean, I'd be thinking I'd take... Get him up for cheap? That's all it is? I'm not like... I'd take Mikel out for like a nice French, you know, but maybe... I mean, you wouldn't want to take him out for Tapath, you know, because he's Spanish. Tapath. See? See what I did there? Right? You maybe wouldn't want to take him out there because, you know, you've never, you've never taken Italian out for Italian. you never taken Spaniard out for Spanish. But TGI fucking Fridays, mate. Listen, I'm wearing a fucking football kit with a goddamn tie. Where do you you, th- you think I'm going to do any better than TGI Fridays? How, how you ever got a fucking run on one of the big, most successful podcasts? You you must have fucking paid someone, greased someone's fucking palms. You took them to five guys. <laughs> <laughs> No, I got five guys, but not the first time Ryan's gone to five guys before, mm-hmm. mate. Trust me. <laughs> I got okay, Ryan, you couldn't believe. As always, Ryan, you failed to actually answer the, the crux of the question and has <laughs> taken it to a, a really homoerotic level. So we're just gonna move past you for the time being in, in, I love really, him. in really true ass brothers. Bro, you but, set him up for that, bro. You uh, well, I had to do this. You always set him up for the, for the gay shit, bro. You always do it. Every podcast, you go back to every podcast. Every time he comes to Ryan, he's got to set him up with some homo stuff. Every time. <laughs> and Ryan Ryan's bites like, because that's Ryan's, what, like a, Ryan's like a catfish, right? Catfish swallow the hook, right? So when you catch a catfish, you always have to kill it. Because a catfish, yeah. it doesn't just take the bait. It swallows the hook and it ends up in its intestines. Ryan is a dick oh, catfish. Man. He takes the whole dick as far down as he can get it into <laughs> his fucking gut. <laughs> Ryan wishes he experimented in high school, bro. You missed the uh, try. Ryan did fucking experiment in high school. I guarantee you. you. I guarantee <laughs> you. <laughs> the man knows too much about dicks. So moving moving past Ryan, now we've checked off. Most of the things, if you're playing Ask Bros Bingo, Ryan making a dick joke, that's Ask Bros Bingo. Uh, me talking about shitting myself, that's Ask Bros Bingo. 
then we will get to a either semi-racist or full-on racist comment. That's Manny checked off for Aspro's bingo. And also the most subtle part of Aspro's bingo is when you kind of watch Scunny Mike stare off to the left of his screen because they either watching the F1 or playing a game while he's podcasting on one of his multiple screens. You're on mute, you fucking I'm on don't. mute. I'm not playing any games. I'm not <laughs> watching the F1. Uh, I'm muted <laughs> to try and be that, you know what I mean? Because I'm laughing so much. So I don't want to hear you come across as I, I'm laughing. Fuck off. Uh, don't, don't, give it, don't give him that much credit, Scunny. Uh, good on. times, boys. Good times. Anyway, uh, into that, because this is the award show that is the, the uh, Ask Bros award show. And um, the really interesting thing about how I've done it this year, so Mike wasn't part of it this year, Mike's going to be part of it next year. So we've just Woo-hoo. got the four of us. So all of the points for me, all of the points for Toby, all of the points for Ryan, all of the points for Blackzilla have all been collated. And what we've come out with is a combined uh, Arsenal players of the year, top three players of the year, a combined Arsenal shit asses of the year, but also we're going to drill down into each one of us because there were some differences between us across the board, um, particularly when it came to Ryan and Manny. So, I mean, basically, I don't know who copied who. I'm going to go with Ryan copying fucking Manny for the entire year because you two cunts were, like, fucking identical. Toby and I had some similarities, but nothing on the level of these two fucking interracial homos, no doubt. So without any further ado, and I've intentionally not told the guys as well who their uh, players of the year were. So I figured we'd start it like this to start with. We'd sort of go around the room and ask some of the guys as, as briefly as what they could who they thought just their number one is, who they think that their number one is, and who they think that their negative number one is. As in their, their sorry, I fucked that up, fucking jargon, shit brain. Who their player of the year is and who their shit cunt of the year is. So, Manny, I am going to start with you. Who do you think your best player of the year was and who do you think your worst player of the year was? <sighs> Don't think too much about it because we'll drill it down. Well, I hated everybody at some point this season, so this is a tough one. Um, and that is actually reflected heavily in your scores because a lot of your <laughs> yeah. both positive and large negative points. Of course. So I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Leno. And if Urzo is not at my bottom, then there's a problem. Hmm. Ryan, the million dollar man, the, the 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 legend of Arsenal podcasting himself. Now, considering you it, it, uh, essentially sucked Manny's dick for the entire fucking season and copied all of his scores, are you thinking that you and, and brother Manny have both had the same, or or do you think differently for your 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 man of the year and your shit ass of the year? You're on mute. You're on, You're on mute, fucking, fucking shit. Up. All right, I don't want to. I don't want to say I'll be upset because that'll mean I have an agenda. But fucking hell, Jaka is definitely my bottom. Uh, my top, I would have to say. I don't know. It'd probably be a Bobby. I know. Oh yeah, <laughs> last year probably would have been Ozil. 
I would say I would say the Leno or Aubameyang, but I'll probably. I mean, we'd be relegated if it was for Aubameyang, so I'll, I'll say Aubameyang. Or uh, Leno. Yeah, yeah. Look very, very, very interesting. Uh, Toby, who do you believe that your number one man of the year was and your uh, number one shit ass of the year was? Mm, it's hard to tell with me. Um, probably someone young and up and coming. Um, you know, like maybe a sucker or a Tierney. Or something. Abamyang's like, uh, yeah, but he didn't play. He he didn't play for a lot of the year. Although so, he wouldn't have got. Let me finish. He wouldn't have got a lot of negative points because, yeah. So even if he didn't play that much, he wouldn't got a lot of negative points. So anyway, uh, or this down. We're also so we've collated the points for positives and negatives, and then after that, I'm going to talk about collated or collated. What? Whichever fucking word. Makes fucking sense, you cunt. Anyway, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't resist myself. I'm sorry. Toby, I've had a few drinks and seen, seen a few things. <laughs> yeah. Toby and I are in isolation, and we've been watching a lot of Trailer Park Boys. So there might be a lot of references that people don't understand that are Trailer Park Boys related. But had a few drinks, yeah. seen a few things. Uh, Toby, your who do you think your bottom player was? Um. Mistakes wise, maybe like a um, like a David Louise or something like that. Someone, if I'm going down the Ryan path, someone that I don't like very much, like a Genduzi or something like that, could be. Whoa, easy, easy with Genduzi. Whoa. I meant like you and Jacka, Rai Rai. And uh, Scunny, even though you weren't involved in this. Who do you want to throw out there for your your best player of the year and your worst player of the year? Who is your man of the year and who is your shit cunt of the year? Oh, uh, my player of the year. It's a tough one for me because it didn't have to have to be Leno or Aubameyang, but because Leno was injured at you know after do you, mean, you know straight do you after mean lockdown, Leno, the, the player that no one wants now because of yeah came in for a couple yeah because there's a shiny new toy in Martinez yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> the sorry. The chicken sandwich himself. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Red hands. Uh, um, and who do you? Yeah, think uh, yeah. It'd have to be either Leno or Bamiyang, but I'd have to say a Bamiyang just because of the uh, the goals he scored this season. You know, it's yep. kept us in the running of where we are now, even though it was such a shit season. And uh, who would your who would your bottom player of the year been? I don't care if he had a good run at the end. I'm really not interested in all that shit because he's, he's messed up so many times before. I think everybody knows what I'm going to say. So, Shaka or Mustafi? <laughs> Mustafi. <laughs> actually, actually the, the numbers for Mustafi are very moderate. We'll we'll go through. Yeah, yeah, he, he had a good run at the end of the towards the end of the season after after lockdown and everything. And when it first came back, he had a good run. But he's still a shit gun, so. <laughs> well, guys, so like I said, so we'll just very quickly run through who our best and worst players were. And the way I've done this is I haven't put plus points, plus points, minus, minus points for totals. I just did the three people who received the most amount of points from each of us, most amount of positive points, and then the three people who received the most amount of negative points. So for me, man of the year was Obama Yang. Uh, Runner-up was Saka. And third place was Sabios for Toby, it was Saka, man of the year, Obama Yang in second place, and Sabios in third place. 
For Manny, it was Aubameyang in first place, Ceballos in second place, and Leno in third place. And for Ryan, as if he had copied Manny's homework, and this I find particularly interesting. Uh-huh. Aubameyang first, Ceballos second, and his German bum chum could only come in at only come in at third. Only come in at third, Ryan. Sorry. I would have thought more. When it comes to negative players, and there is some interesting data here, the only person who had Mesut Ozil in their negative three was me. And apparently oh, I have apparently <laughs> I have a massive fucking problem with him for the year. Because I negative him heavily at almost double the rate anyone else in the room did. At almost double the rate. So what you might have found there is that. I regularly gave him negative threes, and some of you guys regularly gave him negative ones. So mine just compounded at a massive rate. So for me, coming in as the shittest cunt of the year for me was Granite Xhaka. The second most shit cunt, I had Nicola Pepe, who I really went after in a lot of games as well, and then Mesut Ozil as my negative one. Toby had David Luiz, his negative three. Also, I, I gave very few negative points to David Luiz, which is weird. Um, Toby had David Luiz as his negative three, his shit cunt of the year. He had Matteo Genduzzi at his negative two and went after him considerably harder than everyone else in the room for his negative two. Um, his negative one was, oh, captain, my captain, Granite Xhaka. <laughs> Manny, negative three, shit cunt of the year, went to Granite Xhaka. Negative Ooh. two for Manny went to Hector Bellerin. With negative one from Andy going to David Luiz. And surprise, so fucking prize. Manny's oh homework again. <laughs> oh the stench of Manny's dick. I can smell it through my microphone coming from your fucking <laughs> microphone. I bet I could tell you what color panties Manny's wearing, but. <laughs> Manny, yeah, don't don't Manny don't wear pants. Manny don't wear Ah, see? Max knows too. All right, there we go. So, combined. And remember, uh, so when we start talking about the combined scores, this is the actual three two ones and one two threes for the year. And what was different with what we were talking about before was that wasn't taking into account positive and negative points. And what we're going to do here is we're going to break down each player and we're going to go around and we're going to talk about that player one at a time. So. Wait, are literally the same minuses as many too? Huh? I just say minuses. It's strange. It's strangely close. It's like it's like you read his shit and then just fucking copied it because you don't have an opinion. But you're big time now, so you can you can do what you want. You can steal everyone's fucking homework. You're the million dollar man. We can repair him. <laughs> anyway, so into the actual the 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 award ceremony, and I don't know. Like, should we get Ricky Gervais up to start talking about things? I don't fucking know. Um, but. So, like I said, the difference here is that this is both positive points and negative points combined. So there are players, and we will go through this when we talk about the players. When we go through each one of these players, I'll talk about how they fared amongst us and how we kind of, our biases came out. But without any further ado, the man of the year, the player of the year, which is Surprised me because I thought that it was going to be someone different. I thought it was going to be one of two people. 
And one of those two people did not make it into the top three. But our man of the year goes to Bakayo Saka. Scunny, Bakayo Saka, man of the year. He ends up with an overall score for us of um, positive points, 68. Negative points, 15. Very, very low in the negative points. And he accrued the vast majority of those negative points in the last six months, after, in the last six weeks after we came back from COVID, when he was kind of blowing out of his ass a little bit. Scunny, uh, Bakayo Saka, a, a, a no doubt a gem that we have uncovered and we have now locked down. Integral to the future of Arsenal, no doubt. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I can see why he's got all them points because before the lockdown and everything else, it's. You know, he was sublime, wasn't he? Him and Martinelli, I think. Uh, I reckon it would have been a toss-up between them two if Martinelli stayed fit. Because yeah. I know I know Martinelli would have been in a lot of my top scores uh, during this whole season, especially if he stayed, uh, you know, if he stayed fit and came back after lockdown fighting fit. It would have been no good. doubt. And, um, funnily enough, Mike, in the points per game ratio, Martinelli does incredibly well. And that's going to be mm. something when we go into it later because essentially if you play more games under the setup that the Aspros do you both stand the chance to make more positive points but also make more negative points on top yeah. of it and Manny Bakayo Saka I was one who when all the hype train started off with him what was his first run where he really excited everyone does anyone remember who that was against when it started he against Frankfurt I think I think that that might have been it. The game where he came in and everyone was losing it. Yeah, and I remember going yeah. ribbons and saying one of the only players to turn up against Olympiacos as well. Yeah, and I was like, pump yeah. the brakes for everyone. But man, he, he's come out with our man of the year with I think he was like second least amount of negative points retained as well. So not only did he come out with a huge amount of positive points, but very, very few negative points. It would lead to the idea that not only had he been an impactful player, but he had been an incredibly consistent player. Mm -hmm. He exceeded everybody's expectations, bro. Nobody, nobody could have expected the kid to put double figures in assists, to play left back and look good doing it, to play three different positions and look good doing it, and to be consistent at it, to show up when everybody else was having a shit time. He was the only kid who was doing something in the team for a good period of time. You know, he's being asked to play right wing and he doesn't fully look out of place. He doesn't look that great on the right wing, but he's still productive over there. So how can you not? Like I said, he exceeded everybody's expectations. At 18 years old, to do what he's done consistently, yeah, nobody could have expected that. So, deserve him. Toby, you were most impressed with Bakayo Saka at wingback when he came into the team. Do you think that that, uh, that James Milner-esque, what, what do you call that? Um, that flexibility? I wouldn't call him Mil Milner-esque. No, I mean, in the he was flexible that he filled multiple positions for us. Do you think that endeared him to us in a season where we really struggled and we had to put a lot of square pegs in round holes? Look, not necessarily. I, I think 
I mean, don't forget that Saka got introduced. He got introduced in bloody Emery days, didn't he? That far back. I can't even remember because the, the season's gone for so long. So the, the, the reason that I think that he's got so much positive points is there's always that, um, let's call it confirmation bias for us because we love one of our own, anyone from the juniors, you know, anyone who's a pure you know, Arsenal player in, in, in that regard. But he came in to an Emery system which was so flat. I don't know if you all remember, but, you know, those massive spaces, sitting back and absorbing the pressure, just the body language of the player players as, as, a, as, a, as a whole, you know, everything was always slow and cumbersome and it just it felt like uh-huh. people weren't... weren't um, applying themselves the way we wanted. And we had this kid who comes in and not only does he not fuck up because he's technically good, but he's doing all the things that us fans want to see in our players. And that's desire, um, aggression, commitment, all of those type of things. So I don't actually think it's anything um, overly special or even exciting. Not that that's a great description of our discussion, but that he has been that you know, or scored so highly because as fans, that's exactly what we want to see. And then the cherry on top is the fact that he just kept getting better, um, putting his hand up in clutch moments and actually scoring or assisting or or doing whatever in in big games when we performed so badly. So um, in a way, I I don't think it is any great surprise, Um, you know, and, and of course he played quite a lot of games because, as you said, he was... Um, you know, flexible in, in his ability to play a number of positions. Um, so, yeah, and for me, definitely having the, the spell at left-back and wing-back um, really gave us some balance, particularly when we're trying to squeeze Lacazette and Aubameyang into the team and play that lopsided um, role on the left and having that attacking player down there. Um, so, yeah. Rai Rai, million-dollar man. Anything to add on that, or can we move on to flopping it out for a different player? I mean, the only thing I will say is, uh, I don't want to say unfortunately, or I don't want to be too negative, but I really want to see us nail down a position for him. We don't really know where he's going to play. He's played left wing back, left back, left midfield, left forward. I and and he I, he's brilliant on that left side. I love him. I really want to. He signed a new contract, so. In my opinion, I think he's our future, and he's like the guy. I mean, Martinelli, yeah, he's he's right there with him, but Saka, I think, is like the guy right now, and I think we need to almost like figure out what he's good at. Well, we kind of know what he's good at, but I really want to see him really nailed down to a position, and not necessarily I don't want to see that affect the bombing at all, but he needs to find his spot because you know, him being admitted to – Until we know Aubameyang is staying, until he signs the contract, yeah. I, I wouldn't worry about that. I Can I also that. counter that as well? Um, you, yeah, in the, go for it. In the, the, that I would, that I would say we don't need to typecast him. And, and not just going against what you're saying, Ryan, but, you know, we've got a, a left back that we should really back in Tierney, yeah. who's sen- senior oh. to, to him. We, we've, we've got... You know, Aubameyang, who can either play on the left or get pushed a little bit more centrally if we play three or five at the back. You know, I mean, uh, Saka could play as what we're lacking at the moment as our runner 
in in a midfield like, three. So, midfield three. so yeah. there, there, there's all sorts of positions, and I don't think it's a bad thing for a young player. Not everyone is going to be an Oxlade Chamberlain that you know has a manager like an Arsene Wenger, and he just sort of yeah. flip flops about everywhere. So I don't think it's a bad thing if you learn your trade in multiple positions. And and now we've got him tied down to a contract. We don't actually need to back him as hard and throw him straight in the first team. If if there's more experienced players in front of him, we can just pump the brakes a little bit and let him develop I a little think bit. There's arguments for and arguments against Toby. I, I think that in terms of player development, it is important for people to start playing in the same position and start to feel comfortable in that position, start to feel comfortable in the uh, partnerships that they have in those particular positions. So moving him from left to right and moving him, I fucking didn't bring the fucking charge of my laptop and this is going to turn off in a minute, so I'm going to have to go and run and get it. Oh, my God. And I'm so fucking unorganized. You're a professional. Listen, in a perfect direction, I want Saka as my left midfielder. That's for sure. But the thing is, I'm upset because he has it. What's the direction? I've had many I don't know that any of them have People ever say in a perfect world, I say in a perfect direction. It is what it is. But I want him left midfielder. But if that's not the case, I just I, – I'm, I'm a little – I don't want to say upset. I want him to play. He hasn't played the last couple games, for rightly so, because we have guys in front of him like the Pepe's, the Abamians. I get that. He was blowing out of his fucking ass. He need, yeah, I agree, but he, I want him to play. I'll tell you how blowing out of his ass he was because we applied – one point for every start and 0.75 of a point for any sub uh, appearance. And that's how we get the points per game when we do the Aspro. It's very technical. Very proud of myself that I've been able to do this with the help of YouTube. But, I mean, Saka ended up playing 23.25 games for us, essentially with the way that it works. That might not mean a lot, but that puts him in the top three most appeared players for Arsenal. So you're taking a 19-year-old and he's coming 18. out. 18-year-old, 18 18. 19 next year. And, and he's playing in the top three amount of games and being asked to play in defensive positions and being moved from the left side to the right side. It's a lot of load for a young kid. <laughs> and it, Brian... <laughs> Manny, can you do well, something? You said it, not me. I didn't say anything. So everybody else here just kind of understood what Max was talking about, and you're over there giggling like a schoolgirl. I was yeah. laughing at him. I was, I was laughing. Max said load, and man. then I saw Ryan just giggling just like a little bit. Giggling and like I a opportunity to be a homo. Man, this dude giggled like, you know, like we would be giggling when we were in, what, 12, 13, and we're learning about the human reproductive organs. Right, <laughs> Ryan, 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 never, never grow up, buddy. Just <laughs> never go never with change. It. Never change. Never change. No, hold on, but there's a problem with that, man. We're talking about an 18-year-old and loads, and this guy's finding it funny. You guys don't find that funny? Yeah. No. no. <laughs> well, fuck me then. All right, fine. Oh. <laughs> All right. Consider the audio version of this, boys. Oh, what? Never. How I said, is consider... the audio any different from the visual? No one's put up a fucking slide, Toby. 
<laughs> because it's even more confusing and less to do with football. Oh, no. Anyway, <laughs> just why, why change? Why change? Why, why change a good thing? So, Saka, guys, just if you were interested, so Toby and I both gave Saka twenty points positive. Uh, Ryan gave him thirteen. Uh, 15 points positive, and Manny gave him the least amount of positive points over the course of the year with 13. We're all very, similar, all very similar on the negative numbers. I gave him negative oh. three. Uh, Toby gave him negative five. Ryan, negative four. Uh, and Manny, negative three. Um, which brings us into our number two, our second player of the year. Now, when I was collating the statistics, I actually picked the three players who I thought would appear. And only, well, definitely this player wasn't in it. I, I As I went back through, because don't forget, I did fuck up and I did delete the entire spreadsheet. What I actually had to do was go back through the messenger group that we have on Facebook back to August 2019 and actually go Jeez. through and bang everything in. So I actually read all of the fucking comments, including the thesis that Toby writes after every fucking game. It is not okay to try and read 500 words in a column, this fucking thing, that you have to scroll down for so long that Facebook has to think about what you fucking said, Toby. Whose fault is that, Max? Who deleted the fucking numbers? Exactly. Anyway, as I went back and... And because your laptop's fucked and the fan probably kicks in while you're doing it, isn't... it? The issue isn't my magnificent description of the game and analysis of what I've, of what what I've said. Points. There's a whole nother fucking group to chat and you're like, <laughs> this is what I think. <laughs> Cunt. Anyway, as I went back through it, it became apparent with this particular player that my perception was that he had played quite well towards the end, but we had all regularly positived him throughout the entire season. And a lot of the time, positive ones, a lot of the time, positive ones. Now I don't know whether that's a, uh, a commentary on the fact that we were, that, you know, we sometimes we struggled with Arsenal to find good players. So we looked at people who had may have been a little bit prettier on the ball but the most super interesting coming in at two points. So the second best player for Arsenal for the season, Danny Thabios, second best player of the season. Now he appears as my third best player of the season, Toby's third best player of the season, Ryan's second best player of the season, and Manny's second best player of the season. So it is without any question or without any doubt that he was in fact our second best player of the season. And Manny, I see you sort of making a, a, a strange a strange face. I wonder if that's a face of, of thought or if that's a face of confusion because you don't you don't think that he would have been in your top numbers. I wouldn't have assumed so, but before I even go into it, have you got your charger yet? No, 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 I'm going to go in. I've got like 10%. Go get it. Go get it. Go get All it. Right. I'm going to be talking by the time you come back anyway. Go get it. I don't take two minutes. Wait, fucking what computer does what screen? My mom Victoria's <laughs> architecture computer. Nope. Hey, chat. That's not it. How do I just make off. myself fuck off? 
<laughs> Go to the bottom. Go to the bottom. Yeah. Oh, he's fucking gone. But you know what? I, I am surprised that he's on there because really I would assume it would be for like his final, you know, month and a half as opposed to, you know, throughout the season. That kind of shocks me because there was a period where he sucked. And yeah, I he had really had two or three games where he was actually really good. Yeah. There was a period where he sucked and I, and I negatived him quite a bit because he sucked. And I thought he was weak and I thought he was, you know, you know, a ballerina just spinning around all the fucking time. Um, but I'm guessing it's when Arteta came in that it kicked in and the positivity really came in because under Emery, he was shocking. So I am kind of, you know, I am shocked that he's in there. Is he deserving of that position? <sighs> for, the, for the last month and a half, sure. But throughout the season, I, I, I'm not too sure. So that is that is surprising for me. Bro. It's not been, yeah, but in, from what I've seen and stuff like that, and from, I'm sure there's other people probably would agree with me there, he hasn't been the worst player on the pitch. He's always been no. quite consistent in what he does. I wouldn't say, I'd, I'd agree with you in saying he hasn't been the best player, but he's always, like I say, he's been consistent. He's not been the worst player on the pitch. No, he hasn't. And some and of I, his... Some of the attributes that he's actually, you know, you know, shown and, and some of the attributes that's come to the fore with him is, you know, you look at his numbers stat-wise in terms of, you know, tackles, interceptions, distance covered, all of that since we've come back from lockdown. They're at the top and they're at the top for a reason. So yeah. initially when he came in, everybody thought he was going to be, you know, Santikas all the 2.0. And then he's turned out to be, you know, not only can he do the Santi thing, but he can do what we expected Torreira to do and that he can put his body on the line if he needs to. And him being press resistant and him being able to, you know, beat two players with a drop of a shoulder and pop a pass off, you know, it makes him different to all the midfielders that we have currently. But I still don't think that will make him second over the season. That is surprising to me, but well, we can, for him, I guess. We can go through his the positives... The negatives, I can tell you that overall he received more positive points from all of us than Bakayo Saka combined. He received more positive points. Um, he also received more negative points, which put him into second. Uh, Scully, do you, do, you find it, do you find it interesting or do you find it um, kind of poignant that Sabios actually picked up positive points for us throughout the entire season. As I went through it, he didn't pick it up in lumps and bumps. He actually consistently picked up points throughout the entire season at an average of uh, at an average of just shy of three points positive average per game. Well, no, because this is what I've just said to Manny as you was getting your um, your laptop charger. I was just saying um, he's not he's not been. He's been consistent. He's not been the best player on the pitch. He's not been the worst player on the pitch. Very he has been he has been consistent, and and I think that's why he's picked up the points. Because if, as I saw you lot doing it, I was doing it myself. You know, in my own little head, and just saying like, oh yeah, I'd agree with that. And when I started watching games, and when I like I say, when me and you was, was talking and doing maybe obviously doing this preview show uh, for next season. 
absolutely like right. I'll I'll start getting into it and start looking myself and you know I mean going over going over the games and stuff. And so I have watched when I've been doing it and when I've been gone to games as well uh, before lockdown. You do see certain players. They're not the the best. Like I said, they're not the best player on the pitch, but they are consistent. They're not really doing anything wrong. They're putting in a shift, but they're not really doing anything wrong or doing anything special. Mm. And I think that's why he's picked up the points because he's not doing anything wrong. You see, when you see somebody like making mistakes, like David Louise, he made five. You know, I mean, he's done five penalties, give away five penalties this year. You see them mistakes quite clearly. Yeah, with Xhaka. He gets a lot of yellow cards. You see their mistakes. With also, Mustafi, he slides on his ass. You see that mistake, and he's also a cunt. Uh, so <laughs> you see that you see them sort of mistakes. But I think after the lockdown, he's probably picked up the mo- more points during a, after the uh, like I say after the lockdown because he's been that you know he's stepped up. He's been that better player. Mm. Mm. He's I almost mean, saved us as well because mm. we've lost Torreira to injury. We lost Kenduzi because he's a little cunt. We've lost, you know, and and we we effectively don't have central midfield replacements. So, you know, I mean, you've got Willock who's young, AMN who's not preferred there. You don't actually have a lot of options. And I feel like with Ceballos, he started off pretty hot. You remember that Burnley game when we all had a boner? That's for you, Ryan. And then, you know, everything sort of trailed off in the middle because everyone was shit and we were trying to find our way. And at the yeah, end, I mean, all of a sudden... That we trailed off in the middle. You think that it trailed off in the middle, but the data when I went through it, it didn't trail off in the middle for Sabios. He continued to pick up points. So uh, one of the parameters well, that... I like I, Because what Scunny was saying was because he was consistent. So he, he wasn't was a, spectacular, but, we, but he didn't fuck up in terms of negative. We, in fact, had a podcast, Toby, which was basically entitled what is Sabios? And, and this wasn't even that long ago this was maybe the first month back from lockdown the the argument was what is i remember Ceballos? it clearly and and in in my pure genius i said you know don't offer him a new contract unless it's, it's pretty the, the in, unless it's pretty low i think i think i was at the point of you know a 30 million and if it was any more than that then forget it because of that very reason, what what is he? But, I mean, I think there's a pretty simple explanation to that. And the last sort of 10% of his ability through his desire is down to the coaching, and that's all on Arteta. So mm. that's all I've got to say about that. Ryan, um, Danny Ceballos, a, a, I wonder if the reason why so many people have started to fall in love with him towards the end is because of those parallels with Santi. When Manny and I spoke on our FA Cup review, we spoke about the fact that Ceballos doesn't move quickly, but the ball does. And that reminds me a lot of Santi Carzola, that he didn't move quickly, but the ball does, and the football IQ is so high. Have you come full circle now and are ready to say, I can make a midfield three out of this guy and he could be an important part there? Yeah, I mean, when he first came to the team, the club and everything, I'm like, ah, he's lonely. He's not. He's not bought in. We bring our Teddy in. I'm like, ah, I don't know how I feel about him. And I'm always just chalked. I, I, I don't, I don't know how the. I mean, I can't tell you my mentality doing the the pluses and minuses every game, but the way I, the, sometimes the way I saw it, and I've said it a lot in my pluses and minuses. I did a little, I do a little blurbs. I don't do theses like Toby does, but I say like. Look, look, 
Yeah, look who look who he's playing with. He's playing with our shit cunt. I mean, I don't know he's our shit cunt, but he's our shit cunt. He he just does what Jaka does, and then he does his own thing. He, he he's essentially he plays for two guys, and I, and I think I value that maybe a little more, and I, maybe I see that a little more. I don't know if that's because I just think Jaka's just shit. I don't know, but well, I think yeah, also you think Jaka is because yeah. it's a it's a poignant part of the conversation that's coming. But, uh, up. Yeah, I I think um it, it, he kind of clicked at the perfect time, you know, like we talked about Ganduzi, fuck off. Uh, injury to Torreira, you know, all these all these center mids that are just falling by the wayside. Ceballos realized, oh, fuck, I got to step up. And then I think at that time, too, he kind of bought into Arteta's little, oh, shit, he knows what he's doing. And, you know, seeing him celebrate the second goal in our FA Cup, you know, really kind of brought life and, and really kind of bought me into. So I'm excited. I, I really hope we uh, – I, I don't want to talk rumors, but I, I do hope we uh, loan him out for another year because – I think he he actually is something, and we need to hold on to him for as long as we I can. I was reading that we paid five million loan fee for him for the first year. We'll pay five million low fee for him for the second year, but then we'll have to buy him at twenty million in the third year. Which, as far as cash flow for us, is very, very important. We don't have a lot of money to spend, which means maybe backloading or or backdate. They do it a lot in rugby league where they back end contracts where you pay more towards the end of the contract rather than the start of the contract. So I think that will be a interesting thing. Look, for me, um, I think Sabios was a flat Arsenal used to be. I think Sabios, when we look at him, he's the type of player that the thing that we understand Arsenal to be is the type of player that Sabios is. A little bit lightweight, very technical. And I think once he came into the team and he got his his grounding in the team, I, th- I think when he first started playing, and, and this is going to be a massive shot on Xhaka, so grab your buttholes. I think when he first started playing, he probably thought Xhaka was going to do his job. And as he stayed in the team yeah. for longer, I think he realised, oh, fuck, I've got to do this cunt's job and do my fucking job because if I go too far forward, this fucking this totem is going to get run past in midfield. And then you look at all these people talking about Xhaka playing better. Well, I think Xhaka played better because of Ceballos, not because Xhaka was necessarily better. Xhaka went deeper and deeper and deeper, everything in front of him, and Ceballos just worked his hole off and blew out of his ass. I also think Ceballos got consistently fitter as the season went on. Early on, even when we came back from lockdown, he was putting in 30-minute performances, 40-minute performances. I don't think he's ever had to work that hard in his fucking life, and that's because of that massive Swiss fucking dildo. Granite Jacker, but we'll get to that fucking cunt later on. No, Max, I reckon you're playing the fucking cheap likes there. I'm not playing I reckon cheap likes. You're, you are, you are. You're just going on the popular opinion with the Jacker bashing. Mm-hmm. I like, I agree with an element of what you're saying. The bit I agree more is his increased fitness and his increased desire, not the fact that Jacker was any different. Anyway, that's my opinion. Look at me, Toby. If he's standing fucking high up on a pitch expecting this cunt to fucking run, and then this cunt gets fucking run past, hacks someone down, makes a fucking mistake. partnership. Jack is always the one that hangs back. I'm not saying Jack isn't flawed. You've just gone some cheap likes. That's all. I fucking, I'm the one who on Twitter the other day, when questioned about Granite Shacker and my dislike for Granite Shacker, I said, anyone who is saying that Granite Shacker is great is wrong. And anyone who's saying that Granite Jacker is a waste of space is wrong. 
He's a seven out of 10 player who in the last five weeks played to his level, which was seven out of 10. The Not arguing with that. Not with arguing with that. That was my whole point. Fuck that. That was cunt. my whole point. Seven out of ten, motherfucker. Do you know what Granite Xhaka is? Granite Xhaka is when you're fucking like you've dumped pingers and you're in a nightclub, right? And there's lights and you're like gacked as shit and you're dancing with this girl and you think that she's fucking hot. And because you're all gacked up on pingers, you're like, I love this girl. I'm going to take her home and fucking marry her. Then you get her outside, but it's like 5 a.m. and the sun's coming up and you get a glimpse of her. And you look across and you're like, you're fucking ugly. <laughs> I'm too. I'm not finished. You go. You're fucking right. ugly, but I'm too gacked not to fuck you. So I'm gonna convince myself that I still like you until such a time as I have emptied a load on your tits. Fact. So, in so in so in this in this whole story, <laughs> no, <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> Granite Xhaka is the girl, and I am the average Arsenal fan because I've danced with her in the nightclub. The Arsenal fans have played with her. She's thought she's better than she was. They got her outside. She realised she wasn't that good, and then they convinced themselves that they still wanted to fuck her. Yeah, but Max, you've just described the parts of your life, bro. Yeah, it's so that's, 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 that's what I'm talking about. You describe a lot of my life too, so. Mate, I banged this Korean stripper for a while called Ho Soo. I think her name was... I think her name was Naomi. Her stripper name was Naomi. Anyway, long story short, long story short, the Korean strippers, they kind of have, well, no, I, I don't, I, I've only ever been with one Korean girl and she was a stripper. So I don't know whether it's because she was a stripper or because she was Korean, but they have a very kimchi smell to them, like a very like fermenty, like odd. On Dude, just fucking stop now, seriously. Yeah, please. Just, just oh, move this no. on. You just move this on, bro. <laughs> no like, edits. There's no edits anymore, motherfucker. Like Ryan takes the bait. Like Ryan takes the fucking bait for the gay jokes. You got to stop me early because I'm going to keep going down that rabbit hole. Cheap um, likes, like I said. Points, points for us guys. Uh, Sabios, uh, positive points from us. I gave him positive twenty. Toby gave him positive nineteen. Uh, Ryan gave him positive 20. Manny gave him positive 20. I gave him negative 12. Toby, negative 10. Ryan, negative 5. And Manny, negative 7. So you guys actually gave him equal highest positive points and, uh, and, and the lowest negative points. So, again, really interesting as we look out across an entire season um, to what we actually thought about players. And don't forget, this is, as the season was segmented, our points have have followed suit. So really interesting. So player of the year, Bakayo Saka. Number two was Ceballos. Number three, the player that every single Arsenal fan or the vast majority of Arsenal fans gave player of the year to, um, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. And uh, Toby, we'll, we will start with you. Um, I gave him my number one. You gave him your negative two. He was Ryan's number one. He was Manny's number one. Toby, he's ended up our number three. And that's because of the high quantity of negative points that he received. Um, truly a rocks and diamonds player, but maybe we've come to appreciate that the diamonds are more... Oh, excuse me, I've drunk so much rum. Um, that the diamonds are more important 
than the rocks. Well, that the rocks I, become diamonds. Yeah. Um, yeah, the the diamonds are definitely more uh, valuable than the rocks in terms they of are. if we're if we're separating the the two. Now, I thought you were drinking green tea and being normal, and I couldn't work out why you were being such a loud, obnoxious cunt. I'm now I know because because <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. So bringing it back to um to the actual well, question. The the thing with, with Ober, what we know and where he can be frustrating is when he has one of his games where the team's a bit off and his performance and energy levels don't match what we need out of a captain. Yeah? Tottenham. But, but, Tottenham. Yes. but yes, yes, yes. where the diamonds come into it, yeah, yeah. So where the diamonds come into it is the fact that he's a consistent goal scorer, even if he only smacks in, you know, one in four, that's still Man, quite a high... Ratio. Just so anyone's wondering what man is doing. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Just, thanks. It, thanks it, for um just, yeah. just why would you me. why would you interrupt him while he's talking to take, I'm on mute anyway. Thinking about space balls and combing the desert, and Ryan's combing his bit, and it's like comb the desert, and Ryan's combing <laughs> away. What have you found? Nothing. Then you get to Manny is like, we ain't found shit. <laughs> what? I love I love space balls, but Fuck you for interrupting midway through my point. Is completely fucking up the flow <laughs> of the podcast again. Come so to desert. So he is literally Lord Helmet. I he is Lord Helmet. Yeah. yeah, women are attracted to power and money, and <laughs> I have gold. Um, but anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, anyway. So, but we've. <laughs> With Aubameyang, his goals and the importance of the goals are obviously outweighing those performances when we need more out of him. So mm. I think it's probably less about him and more about what we need as a captain. I, I still don't necessarily agree with a goal scorer as a captain. Mm. I didn't even like Henri back in the day as a captain. Mm. Um, and yeah. the, the balance where he can thrive without being the be-all and end-all of our press. You know, he still has to do his job, but I don't think he's the type of leader that can, you know, chuck the team on, on his shoulder and drag them forward. So yeah, for me, for me, when, for me, when he doesn't score and he doesn't put in that energy, he's very, he's very prone to quite high negative points. But when mm -hmm. he does score and the FA Cup final is an amazing example of that, whereas if we don't have him, we don't win that game. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Scunny, you cannot carry multiple Mavericks or multiple one-dimensional players in a team. And Aubameyang is no doubt, except for a, a, a small scattering of games across the year, a one-dimensional player player as in when he scores goals he tends to get positive points for us and when he doesn't have his shooting boots on he tends to get kind of lost in the static of the game and people talk about his contract and we spoke about his contract and we spoke about the big money for the contract and I spoke to Manny at the end of our FA Cup review and said that I had changed my tune and I had come to the realization that that quantity of goals and the goals that he scored in big games, which goes against the narrative that he doesn't score in big games. And 
Are you now of the opinion as well that he's fit? He's in his 30s. He doesn't look like he's losing a lick of pace. Maybe we just give him the fucking money. Honestly, I'm still of the same opinion as I was before. I still, I, I'm not too sure about this contract at all. Uh, I'll be honest. Um, I'm really, I'm not overly convinced as I was about not giving the contract to let him see his current contract out. I'm more mixed viewed about it in some respect, but I'm still more leaning towards let's see how he gets on this season. But I just feel like we're pinning all our hopes on a Bamiyang, and I just don't like that. I just mm. don't see why Arsenal should be pinning everything on one player. Like it's like if we don't do it, that's it. You know, we're gonna go there, we're gonna go there, we're gonna get relegated. I don't know. You know, it, there's talks of everything all over the place of stuff like that. It's not necessarily me saying it, but I, I just don't like that. I don't like pinning all our hopes on one player. We did that before with Özil. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly and look how that turned out you know i i was i didn't want him on that contract either 350k for someone is absolutely ridiculous especially of his caliber anyway well that's what the that's all what right. the Aubameyang contract no, is to add in all the no but when you add in the bonuses well, he gets he gets a 40k goal bonus he scores 21 to 25 goals a year plus mm. they get an appearance bonus if they play more than I think it's more than 60 minutes they get an appearance bonus. And I think he's done that in something like 75% of the games. I think yeah. it was Stan the Man worked it out. And he said it equated to nearly 350K a year if he continued his goal production at the same rate. Yeah. If we sold him, um, the maximum amount we would get with a guy with one year left on his contract might be 20 million, 30 million if someone was absolutely desperate. And um, I just don't think that you can replace the goals, the goals in the big game. I think that's the massive issue at the minute. I just think we're pinning all our hope. That's what I mean. It's a huge issue. We've got one person scoring goals, and yet we've got, you know, we've got Pepe who can score goals. We've got Lacazette who should be scoring goals, but he's playing a slightly different like role. You know, and then we've got other, <laughs> you know, you what did you say? I said, fuck off, Lacazette, seriously. No, I'm, just say, I'm just saying as strikers, we've got these people who should be scoring goals other than Aubameyang. Yeah. And Look, I, the, I just don't like the fact that we're pinning everything on one player. We have no creativity during, at all. Especially yeah. during the time now where we're seeing, like, I'm just going to say, for instance, Zaha. Um, I'm not saying we should go for him at all. Out of this. It, I'm just saying he was worth, he was, the, the asking price they were asking for at the start of this season was 80 million. They've I now brought that down. I guarantee. I'm not saying we should buy him. I'm no. just saying it's, this is the COVID rates that we're seeing now. Uh, there's reports now that Crystal Palace are only asking 30 million for him. Buy him. You know? do, you, do, right. you think, do you think it's true? I'm more 40 million, but that's halved in one year. Now, I think mm. this is down to the COVID <laughs> rates. We should be really looking to our next player. We should be looking can, to look can, forward. Can, yeah, can, I, can I say something with that, Scunny? And and I agree with you in terms of the caution with mm. doing another Urzel contract. Um, not that I don't think Over's been fantastic, but I also think, and I've been saying this all year, that players play in combinations 
and that Lacazette, even though I wouldn't be, I wouldn't shed much of a tear if he were to leave. No. But he's a finisher in that, you know, in the, you know, in the in the goal mouth. You know, he's he what he gets on the end. Finishes has he finished this season? Shut the fuck up and let me finish my fucking point. Seriously, he is not going to create it for himself. He is. It's it's down to combinations. So if Over's playing on the left, you don't have a particular creative point. Lacazette tends to drop deep. If you play with more creative wingers, and he's in that in that sort of last, you know, he's in the box. He's in the box striker finishing it off. It's about combination. So if you bring it back to your discussion, Scunny, if you've got players like that, if you've got a Zahar on the market or whoever, then you can play in a different way. It's not all about Abamyang and his goals. As much as I'd like for him to stay, there are other options. And then other players become better when other players in the team play and open up that space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, look, Toby, I would agree with you on the Lacazette thing if he hadn't have just been a massive fucking shit cunt for the entire year. And 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 to kind of buy into your point, given the opportunity of either having Lacazette or Aubameyang there and considering the fact that we have bought Pepe, where you're talking about well, you might need different types of wingers to play into Lacazette. I don't think that Lacazette is good enough for us to say, oh, okay, like he's our stud. He, he's yeah, the I, one. and 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 I wouldn't argue with that. I, I'm I'm actually not arguing with that at all. You know, if I had to choose, it'd be Aubameyang every day of the week. And if had to think of a player that we would have to keep, it would still be a Bamiak. But I'm saying like holding a club to ransom for a ridiculous salary is a path that we've taken before and it's a massive risk. So if there are other players on the market and like Scunny said, there's some COVID rates going on and there's some pretty special players with some Premier League pedigree and end product, which, which Arsenal lack, then you can have a lesser striker in terms of creativity but who can finish that will still hit 20 25 goals a season mm-hmm. can i just can i just point out quick as well uh danny ings scored over 20 goals this season who you, you know it's i'm just saying i'm not saying let's go for him but it, you know there is caliber of players out there who are actually everyone thought they were crap but can still hit 20 goals a season Danny, i think I, that if you play i think that if you played ben if you played danny ings through the middle, who is essentially a Giroud-esque player with more goals. He has good link-up, holds the ball. He maybe doesn't have the technicality or the little flicks and tricks and touches that Giroud does. But I honestly think if you swapped out Lacazette for Danny Ings this season, we probably finished two places higher because of how poor Lacazette was throughout the entire... I'm just making a point, you know, I'm just making a point of people, you know, you don't have to have the most expensive striker to get 20 goals. No, but season. you're not even talking that, about That's him. what I'm saying. talking about Aubameyang as a winger. Manny, you and I spoke about this recently. The modern Premier League team needs 50 goals from its front three. That's 50 goals from a front three. In fact, the centre forward has actually come back on goals 
So we're talking about getting 15 goals from a, a centre forward and we're talking about getting 25 goals from a, a, a winger and we're talking about getting another 15 to 20 goals from another winger. Clive said on Arsenal Vision very early on this year that the space is no longer through the middle. The space is into out and out to win. What the hell is the question? Well, the, the question is, is that do we need to keep thinking about centre forwards as being goal scorers or is that something that's archaic? The Rude Van Nistelrooy's are dead. The Alan Shearer's are dead. The space is out wide now. So if you're talking about building a front three, you need to get 50 goals across the front three. You do, but then you just said that the days of the Van Nistelrooy's are done. So where are you going to get 50 goals from from a centre forward? No, I'm talking about getting the 50 goals across the front three. Oh, do you mean in total? So In total, sorry, in total. So uh, because we don't create anything. But talk talk about... Oh, oh, stop fucking interrupting me. I was bro. just going to say, talk about what we were talking about the other day about Firmino and about how Firmino yeah, is the anchor that links and pushes the other two forward. Sure, Marigo, Firmino is, you know, the fourth midfielder, essentially. But he can be that fourth midfielder because of the productivity they get out wide. So Firmino not scoring any goals from centre forward hasn't hindered him at all because of what he does for the team. Liverpool are made that way, right? That that that's how they're made. If you look at the way we are, we still we're still talking about a number ten coming in in order to create some of the chances that we need. You know, so. We haven't caught up with the modern way of the way you know, the current trends of football. We are still behind in that respect because of you know some of the errors that we've made in the transfer market. So when we're talking about you know a centre forward who you know scoring ten or fifteen goals, we need more than that. When you're looking at the goals that we've put up this season, if it's not a Bamiyang, it's nobody else. If mm. it's you know Pepe hasn't gotten to double figures in goals you know, close enough, but he hasn't. Lacazette mm. has, but for the chances that he has had, he should be in the high teens going on 20s. Yeah. But he's mm. been shocking. So, so, mate, so maybe maybe what we're saying, Manny, maybe what you're getting at is that Aubameyang is actually more important because of the lack of goals and creativity everywhere else. More, more, than, more yeah. than anything, we're actually relying on him. 100%. And the thing is, Scully's yeah. point is, is poignant because we have done that in the past. We've done it with Van Persie. We've done it with Nasri. We've done it with Sanchez. We've done it with... So we, we've done it, you know. So we've, we've done it over and over and over again. We are over-reliant on one player and then we get to a situation where we're bent over by that player. And then we're in a situation where, damn, if we lose you, especially where we are now, especially that he's got a year left, if we lose you, there is not a player in world football right now that you can get for about 30 million that can do what Aubameyang does. A player that is close to doing what Aubameyang does is Lewandowski, and he does it from the centre of the, from, you know, a centre forward position. So uh, we're fucked in that respect. Right, mm. I don't like giving this guy a two hundred and fifty thousand pound a week contract, and I know it goes up to three hundred fifty thousand, but after tax, two hundred and fifty thousand. I don't like us giving us him. Give, I don't like it. I don't like it. It frightens me because the dip hasn't happened with him yet. 
the dip can happen instantly. We've seen it before. So that worries me. But then if we go into our future not having tied him down, we are fucked. Mm. Kind of damned if we do and damned if we don't. Ryan, points for Aubameyang. I gave him positive 24. Toby gave him positive 20. Ryan gave him positive 22. And Manny gave him positive 22. But Aubameyang almost featured in our highest amount of negatives. So Aubameyang was fourth for three of us in negative points. So he got negative 15 from me, negative 11 from Toby, negative 11 from Ryan, and negative 7 from Manny. Rocks and diamonds. Ryan, we spoke about it early and started the conversation about Aubameyang. Is there enough there that is so good or so elite that we could not go past him, that the 30 million-ish that would be invested over the 30 years that we couldn't invest that 30 million into someone else and hope for another return. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, we finished eighth and he tied for the golden boot. So I think that says something. Um, and like we're saying with rocks and diamonds, I, I, if he's not scoring, I don't think he's doing anything. I think when he's him off the ball is not the greatest, but he scored us multiple important goals. He's, I could say he single-handedly won us an FA Cup. And I and I know Scunny had this kind of argument. And he, he said this on uh, on Guns, and he's like, oh, is he world-class? I think he's world-class. I really do. I think he's our only world-class player. I think Leno is, is getting there. I mean, injuries aside, we don't know. But it, and I think you're I think all of you guys are right in also. I think we're fucked either way. I I, I don't like giving him this big of a contract. But also, what the fuck are we going to do elsewhere? We, you, we're getting fucked with the black dildo, whether we like it or not. So I, well, I think I definitely our like it. Only if it. Only if it's got glitter on it. But that's not the point. I think, you know, if we're going to get fucked regardless, let's get some goals out of it. And I, I think he's – I think next year he's still going to be half hard. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Yep. Wait a minute. Spit wait a minute. it. Hold Spit on. it, Manny. Spit it. Ryan, how the hell do you know that dildos have glitter on them? Wait, what? What do you mean? Does everything have glitter on them? Bruv, you just said dildos with glitter on them. How yeah, do you know this? Manny, I'm not a virgin. I've been to a sex shop before. That's 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 not what I'm asking. I have a fee. You know what, bruv? I, I offer. I ask myself questions about you more and more and more. I have a feeling this guy's got some hidden stuff, man. And he then you the thing that's hidden is the dildo it. in his ass. Um, he's it. probably sitting on it right now. He bro. pushed it a knuckle too far, and now he can't get it back. It's gone beyond uh, the shelf. That would be the name of Ryan's autobiography, Ryan McMurray, Beyond the Shelf. Jesus. <laughs> Past the point and no return. And I put a lot of drugs in my ass, so I know where the shelf is. <laughs> There's something I really want to know. Dude, if you've got one tab of acid and two points of speed and a whole rave to get through, stick the fucking drugs in your ass. Trust no, me. No, don't do that. Don't trust listen me. To this trust video. me. No, don't no. listen to him. 
You know, a Toby, kid could be watching this thing. Toby's, yeah, sitting, actually, there, Toby's right. sitting there quietly like he's never put drugs in his ass. But trust me, that motherfucker is such a degenerate. He just has this, like, quiet persona where he's like, oh, I'm not degenerate. Who do you think taught me to put drugs in my ass? That fucker. That fucker right yep. there on the right-hand <laughs> side of your screen. It was me. It was me. Can, can I tell you a story? So when when my second son, Jack, was born, there was a, a doctor that came in and he had to put a suppository in in my wife to, I don't know, painkiller or stop something or something. <laughs> And I could tell he was a bandit straight from the off. Like, very, <laughs> you know, very well, like, well-dressed, like, good-looking chap, you know, hair done, softly spoken, all of that stuff. And and anyway, and, and he, he explained what it was and what he was about to do and where it was going. And I looked at, and I, and I looked at him and I went, Max, I'm looking at you, and I went, shelving. <laughs> and he just looked at me with this smirk of recognition and acknowledgement. And we both had we both had this moment of like, yeah. <laughs> oh, never. It's the worst it's the worst podcast on television. <laughs> And my oh, wife, who's no. like lying there, like no in more. pain and everything, with a finger up she, her ass. She, she, she knew exactly where I was going and enjoyed it as well. It was one of the most. Be- it was one of the most beautiful moments of our birthing experience. Toby, Mel, Toby, I've known Mel for a long time, and Mel would not be above putting something on the shelf. So, not the first time, not the last time. Um, <laughs> Into our, <laughs> and into I'm our, the quiet one. <laughs> guys, into our next. I can't breathe. <laughs> Composure. Composure. It's gone. It's gone. Let's have a sip of this. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, fuck. I keep having to mute because I'm not loud. <laughs> oh. Um. oh, fuck. All right. <sighs> Fuck, I swear yeah. you'd think after two years of this we would have found some level of professionalism. Someone said to me the other day, they're like, oh, Aspros is really good. Why isn't it bigger? And I said, because it's for degenerates by degenerates. And to watch us is to accept that you are, in fact, a degenerate. So for the people in the room, shout out to all of you motherfuckers. Man, he's gone. He's crying. He's crying. This one I'm has been especially it, bad, though. This, this um, when I'm on like, the rumbos, yeah. when I'm on the rumbos, yeah. we actually haven't had a really bad one for a while. So uh, there's one. If anyone ever wants to go back through the history of Aspros, there's one that I think is. Ah, oh, which is the one? It's about Terrera Topia. Where you and I got uh, Terrera. Was it Terrera. our second? Terrera. Was was it our was it our second one ever? Blown Direction is the yeah. drunkest, most wasted fucking podcast you'll ever hear. Toby and I had started off, we were doing it by ourselves on audio, and we got fucked up. And it is the most truthful understanding of how two such opposite people in Toby and I can be best friends. So Toby and I are brothers, but we're best mates. And if you ever put us in a room together, 
with a case of alcohol and a bag of drugs, the whole fucking world <laughs> will come to an end. And it will always be at the hands of Toby because he is the worst cunt that I know. Despite his, his, his oh, well, if everyone just takes a uh, more sensible approach to Arsenal, and I'm like, cunt, I've fucking seen you do horrible fucking things. <laughs> anyway, moving on as we regain our composure. So just to finalise, our man of the year was uh, Bakayo Saka with 53 points, positive, negative. Uh, Sabaya with 50, 45 points, positive, negative. And Aubameyang with 44 points, positive, negative. And the really interesting thing about Aubameyang, just before we move on, is I gave him 24 points minus 15. Very high negatives. Uh, he was given 20 points by Toby for minus 11, 22 points by Ryan for minus 11, 22 points by Manny for minus 7. So almost 50-50. Almost 50% of his positive points came back in negative points. We've spoken about it. The guy is a bit rocks and diamonds. And this brings us into the negative points at the hour and a half mark. It's going to be a long podcast. Just accept it. We don't give a fuck. We're having fun. So what we're going to do is we're going to do this one backwards because we've always done three, two, ones, one, two, threes. So the third shittest cunt. So not the most shit cunt. The third shittest cunt. The bronze, as you might say. For shit cunts uh, this season and it is a really painful bronze and it might be a bit of a harsh bronze because of injuries and things like that but it's very poignant at the moment because of this guy is in the transfer market this guy is someone we could maybe make money out of and this guy is someone who is not so old and is not so out of contract that there would be no way that we couldn't recuperate funds out of him and that guy is Hector Bellerin. And Bellerin comes in with, with a negative 34 points. And um, let's go to Scunny first. Scunny, Hector Bellerin. We all love him. Many of us were calling for him for captain. We all understand that he's had an injury. But is it time to say goodbye to our Spanish Cockney? Yes. I never thought I'd probably be the one to say that, to be honest, because I actually like him. But I think it is time to cash in. I think there's... I just don't think he's going to cut it now after that injury. I just think that injury's ruined him massively. It, it looks like it's ruined his confidence. It's look, it looks like it's ruined his speed. And I just don't think he's the, the same player as what he was. Where the hell is he gone? I was about to say that. Whatever. No, but whatever. No, it's all the, right. The it's with... all right. We can we can continue with that. Manny, do you want to you want to go on? Yeah, I mean, the thing with Bellerin is his decline did not start out of nowhere. His he has. Do you remember the game at Crystal Palace when they were barking at him saying you you cannot fit to wear the shirt? That was what three years ago. Yeah, three four years ago. That decline, you know, has been gradual since he was in a team of the year. He's gone backwards and backwards. This is before the injury. We're talking about his, his pace diminishing. This is before the injury. Even with his burst in the FA Cup final, that burst wasn't reminiscent of something that I've seen before because no. I remember him chasing after Pedro at the Emirates. And he... We saw how quick Pedro. We saw how quick Pedro was, you know, in the final. But Bellerin, his decline has been 
so bad and he hasn't gotten anywhere near his best. My respect for Bellerin really diminished when he came out and said Sanchez wanted to win too much. That bothered me because that's not the sort of mentality you would want somebody with the type of influence he wields to have. You wouldn't want that sort of mentality anywhere near because if you want to win too much, isn't football about winning? And then we talk about his limitations technically, you know, his passing, right? We talk, I listen to Arsenal Vision when they talk about his, you know, his body position and the fact he gets run past so often. What game was it? I can't remember what game it was. It's been against quite a City. few over the time, you know, ever yeah. since after lockdown when he started playing again. Against City. There is, there is a few times where he's been run past quite a lot. Against City, bruv. Sterling yeah. left him for dead and... He didn't get anywhere near Sterling. I was like, oh my God, this dude has lost what made him a good footballer because he was all pace because he can't defend either. So it is time to cash in on Bellerin. Yeah. I think if he came to a point where, you know what, I want to explore another league, my friend, please do because he's not going to get any better and he's not going to recapture his glory. I don't think so anyway. Hmm. Toby, what's Bellerin worth? Ultimately, I mean, what's he worth now at his I think age? I, said, I, I think I said this the other day. I could be confusing things, but I, I would take 30 mil for him and I'd be quite happy with it. But and do you then think I would he's promote, worth 30? Uh, well, I don't know post-COVID market, like because we don't know yet. It's an emerging thing. You know, it's, it's changing by the day. Um, but I would say pre to that, um, you know, he would be, you would have thought he was a 50, 60 million pound player, you know, rivaling like your city fullbacks. But um, no, look, we, with everything we've just said, I think he was a guy, his X factor was his pace. All right. I don't think he was ever a particularly good defender, but he could, you know, sort of like even back in the day, like cliche styles, you know, like never a good not defender. Even, not but, even back in the day. But, there were moments under Embry pre-ACL where he was to the byline. I, I, he's involved in the the beautiful Ramsey goal. He's involved in the beautiful Aubameyang goal, those those couple of goals under Emery that like highlight Arsenal at their breakiest, sitting deep, running hard best. I don't yeah. think it's ever been um, a question of his short passing. I think it's his long passing, especially as a wing-back, that can come into question, especially when trying mm. to cross it into the box. Yeah. But his short yeah. passing is really good. Yeah. I mean, technically, I wouldn't say he's on par with someone like uh, AMN, I, you know, especially with that close control and layoff and pass and move. AMN um, is cr- fucking cr- beautiful. Thanks, Max. Crossing... Crossing is sort of give or take. He's shown glimpses but hasn't found consistency. Um, And I feel, you know, like I said at at the beginning of my point, I think his pace masked a lot of his deficiencies. So maybe as a player he didn't develop as well as he could have because he could rely on that pace. So you know, it's interesting. it doesn't take more than losing a yard. Well, everyone's laughing because I'm interrupting Toby, but he's about to go on like another five minute fucking. <laughs> what? Like you, you would never fucking. Like you would never. No, no, I'm just, saying, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. 
I'm just trying no. to chip in, and I'm just saying it doesn't take more than losing a yard for a player who relied on that yard to all of a sudden become yeah. look, something much less. Look, I wouldn't give up on him just yet. I think there's glimpses of him returning to something that we thought he might be. But in the same breath, if a big bid came in and you've invested all that fucking money in Suarez, which is stupid, and then you've got AMN sitting there, then there's money to be had. So if you're playing the transfer market effectively, then it wouldn't be the biggest loss in the world if he was to be sold on. And who knows? He could have a new lease in li- of life, go back to Spain, go try a slower league like Italy or something like that and excel. Hmm. Look, um, 25 points positive, minus 59 points for an overall score of minus 34. I gave him positive five. Toby gave him positive eight. Ryan was positive six. Manny was positive six. So across the board, we're really close. Negative points, minus seven. Negative points uh, from me, minus seven. From Toby, negative 15. From Ryan, negative 20. From Manny, negative 17. It's not good reading for Hector Bellerin. We can we can put the uh, obviously the conversation about the injury in there as well, and there is an injury and there is a betting period, um, but plenty of time had passed between the injury and him coming back into the team, COVID and him reappearing, and he never really did a massive amount. In the words of Metallica, sad but true. I think Hector's on his way out. Now, our negative twos were difficult, right? So I had to remove some people from our negatives because I didn't believe that it was fair because of the games that they played, right? So because they, some of these guys only played a couple of games and they were quite crap. So I removed Emil Smith-Rowe because in his two games for Arsenal, he played really fucking badly. I removed Eddie Nketiah. Now, I removed Eddie Nketiah because... He didn't play enough games, wasn't with us for enough of the season, was asked to do a really unrewarding role. Um, And I removed Holding as well, So, who was also in the negatives with Holding. So I removed him because I didn't think it was fair again that he had come back and played not as many games, whereas Bellerin had played games before and after. Um, This is a really interesting one because it brings us into the conversation about Willian. And I saw a thing, uh, Alex, great friend of mine, a fantastic channel. If you guys haven't followed it, Canon Fodder TV, I'm on there. When it's not double daylight savings, I'm on there fairly regularly. Uh, but Alex put up a tweet the other day saying, does Willian improve us? And my response to it was, well, he's better than Reese Nelson. And Reese Nelson actually ended up with our negative too. Now, you would think it's unfair because you would say he didn't play enough games. But Reese Nelson, as far as substitute appearances and games in multiple competitions, actually played plenty of games. Reese Nelson came in with a score of negative 40, which is a, a, a massive it's, – it, it's, it's, it's big. So five points positive, negative 45 for an overall score of negative 40. Manny Reese, we'll throw it to you first. So I, I know, you know, Steve was, Steve Warrington, big Steve was really, really pushing Nelson at the start of the year and you and I were less confident that he would be an integral player. 
he's a very solid player. He's a very decent player. Uh, but he comes in with negative points for us and ends up actually taking out our second worst player of the year. Does that not indicate that we are desperate to bring in someone who can be either sidekick to Pepe, whether that be an older player who's going to play second fiddle, or whether we bring someone in who's actually going to push Pepe? Uh, no to William. No. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. I thought I thought we were done with this nonsense of going for cast-offs from other teams. No fucking William. <clears throat> In order to keep somebody like Pepe Sweet, you get somebody who can compete with him. You get somebody who has an upward trajectory as well as, you know, Pepe does. The only way is up. Willian, his trajectory is going down. His productivity will go down. We don't need another Willian. No. What? I'm not saying I want Willian, but what makes you say his, his productivity is going down? Dude. He was Chelsea's probably second best player, maybe maybe on par Pulisic this season after COVID. Can we that's, talk about Nelson? Not, that's not, hold on. Let me, let me, let, let me, we'll, we'll get to Nelson, but let me answer what Brian's saying. Because, Ryan, just like, you know, all of the other cast-offs that we've got from other teams, at 31 years old, you are asking him to be as productive, you are asking him to be as consistent as he's been. If you look at, you know, him from a statistical standpoint, he is not as great as people make him out to be. I don't don't see it with... Will, if you're if you're talking Shakhtar the next Willian, oh, hundred percent. If you're talking twenty six year old, twenty five year old Willian, sure. But at thirty one years old to be tying down another, you know, thirty one year old on big contract, no, we've we've made that mistake already. With Reese Nelson, Reese Nelson doesn't push Pepe in any way. Reese Nelson, I, I don't, I, I don't see it. I, I really don't. I've tried. I've tried. I don't see it with Reese Nelson. At the start of the season, I was like, you know, take your full back on. Take him on, especially if you're playing on the right-hand side. You're right footed. Take him on. Go on the outside of him. Whip the ball in. I, I don't I don't see it. I really don't. If, if you're going to get him out on loan, sure, get him out on loan and replace him with somebody who's going to be more productive. But I just don't see it. And with, with other young players, I've seen glimpses. I don't see it with Reese Nelson, and I've tried. I've tried so hard, but I don't see it. Can I, uh, Toby, can I just you make and a quick spoke. point? No, Sorry, go, mate, can go, I just go, make go, a quick Scandic, point? Go. And I've only just seen it now. Arsenal have made a formal three-year contract offer to William. So that's oh, on Sky Sports so can, I, can, I, can I just Can I just say, can I just oh say, God. to play devil's advocate, and again, we haven't really spoken about Nelson being in the bottom three, and I hope we'll come around to it. But really, the conversation about Willian is the conversation about Nelson, because if Nelson had performed, then we wouldn't be talking about Willian, and he hasn't performed. He's negative 40-odd points. Can I just say this? When you look at basic business... When you look at basic business strategy, there's two things that you look at, right? You look at overall cash flow as in capital investment. So how much capital do we have to invest? And you look at offset investment. Now, offset investment is all about money that you don't have to pay today, but money that you may have to pay tomorrow. 
Willian may end up being money that we have to pay tomorrow because he's on a free. So for us to be able to get, or for Arteta to be able to get the money that he requires to bring in the players that he wants, he may still want to backfill the squad with players that may end up being on slightly higher wages, but he's hoping that they will give a large return than the people he has in the squad currently. So when you look at Willian, I actually don't hate the transfer as long as Arsenal do the business that they need to do on top of it. If it was Willian and no one else, I would be worried about it. But if it is Willian and because of Willian, it means that Arteta is able to then go and apply the funds from the kitty to other players as far as transfer funds while paying no money up front for Willian and only paying the the wages, which are going to be accrued at, say, 150000 a week for three years. I don't hate that deal. Yeah, Have I, mean, I, I, have I just made sense or have I just rambled garbage? I don't know. I was just in multiple chats with people. I think William is a good last signing, but he should not be our first signing. Um, I personally preference this. I don't, I don't want him. But uh, looking at it from – I think he makes us better next year. And I think we've all agreed to this. We're going to be shit next year. We, we know that tomorrow, next season is probably going to be a write-off season. But I don't think Arteta sees it that way. So I think he kind of wants to bring in guys that can, that can improve him this season. And uh, based on the guys we're linked with, you know, we, we want like the – you know, the, the Gabriels, you know, the young, you know, he's like 22. We, we want like younger guys, which I get, which, which is what I want. But we need guys to make us better next year. Do I necessarily agree with it? Maybe not, but our, that's what Arteta wants. And I I don't think Willian is going to be a great signing, but hopefully he has a good season for us. And we can fucking just sell him to the MLS. <laughs> Toby, is Willian, Toby, is Willian better than Nelson? I don't think that's a fair, uh, like an like analysis. Yeah. I think it's bullshit. I think Willian is in because player agents are involved, and he's Brazilian, and Edu's Brazilian, and all of this fucked up shit is happening, and we're going to get some sloppy seconds again from bitches that we can't get the first time. All right, Toby. So, Toby, can I can I can I can I call you for, for just a, for just course, a second as an example? As, as an example, Celtic, Celtic, Chelsea go for Hakim Ziyech and Amin to go for Kai Havertz, and we're talking about Willian. Look at the level that we are that we're swimming in. Look at the pool that we are that we're swimming in. We are actually because he's free. Because he's free, you're telling me that there is not a player right now with. The money that you can actually save on the contract that you're about to get Willian on, you're telling me that there is not a player out there right now that you can get with an upward trajectory that can improve us in the long term. We're going for another short term, three year well, what deal. What are you going to do? You're going to bring in another fucking. You're going to bring in another on, fucking man. Pepe Manny. You're going to spend another on, eighty million on a guy who's got no Premier League experience, or you're going to bring I in a guy who's that? on zero transfer. Who will on, improve Max, you because, you, because no doubt he will improve us. Yeah, How but do you, you know this? Haven't we not had this conversation? Because he's before? better than what we've got. Max, have we not had this conversation before? We've had this discussions with people like this before. We had this discussion with Czech. We even had this discussion with the Dennis Suarez of this world. 
We've David had Louise. Like how many David fucking how, times how many do we need to do this? How how many Chelsea rejects do we have to go through before like we start realizing we said, don't want the This is the only the signing that we made. It would be a terrible move. It's a signing that allows us to use the working capital that we have to buy in players because there is no transfer fee. Max, then we have sign. done this before. We did it with Czech. We did it with Petr Czech, right? He was the only signer that came in, another Chelsea reject. Galas, how good was he? Yeah, Czech. when did we, when did we sign Czech? We signed Czech towards the end of the winter. We didn't sign check right away. Anyway, boys, we signed it early, Ryan. We're going Let's around Toby early, go. so we still have time. Let no, Toby no, go. Just, he's going to shelve something. Let's go. No, what we're doing is, is no, is we're going around in circles. And and I, I think at the crux of it, there's plenty of players that we've overpaid for who have come here and had a holiday. Now, what we need to do with our culture in the organisation is to say you cannot come here and have a retirement fund. This isn't a superannuation fucking place, you know. Now, is Willian better than Nelson? Maybe right now. Is is Nelson's trajectory potentially higher than Willian can produce after coming here on the download of his career? Very much potentially. So what you're talking about is playing second fiddle and then backing our own and backing our own culture rather than bringing someone in who's going to come and have a retirement package. And I reckon as a collective, regardless of whether it's good business or not, and we, we understand back-ended contracts and cash flow and, you know, having money left in the kitty to bring someone else in. We, we haven't even considered players like, Emil Smith Rowe or anything that can back up those particular positions. So we we need to stop thinking about other people's and other big clubs' sloppy seconds. In in my opinion, we're, we're looking sloppy at second, a really dirty term. We're we're looking at another stopgap. William is another stopgap, and he is we because we've done this so many times. <sighs> he's another like stopgap. Like, hold on, like, hold like, on. Like you th- Think Stop that we're here. Like you think Stop no, because you're going off on some fucking ramble, right? Because like, it's like because we're somehow evidence. like the players we're gonna because buy now are gonna make us top this. four. No, I know, but I'm saying the doing this before. Let us right? do his fucking job with youth, not with the, someone exactly. who's peaked the players and is that already we buy today are not the players that will take us to top four. We don't know that. You guys are assuming. Here's the the thing. We're assuming, Ryan, because we have done this before. And we've been in positions where we've gotten stopgaps and we've said, oh, this is a stopgap. We'll get somebody better in the future. And we haven't done that. So we're well, going that's around a whole other argument. But Max, that's a whole other argument. Because like I said at the start, if you were buying Willian... The same fucking mistakes. And when you make the same mistakes... You are doomed to repeat fucking history. We're making the same mistakes and we're going to get fucked over yet again. Oh my god. Uh, If you bring in Willian because you don't have the working capital to bring in someone to push Pepe and you want to spend that working capital 
in central midfield and defence, then it is a good move because Willian, regardless of his wage on no money down, makes us a better team. I guarantee you of that because strictly he is better than what Nelson has offered up. Saka has never wanted to play off the right. Aubameyang has never wanted to play off the right. Martinelli has never wanted to play off the right. So it is a hole in what we're trying to achieve. If the only fucking cunt who we bought in was Willian, then it would be a terrible move. Yeah. So if that is a move now and then we go and bring in two or three other people, then it is a good move. I would like to book an appointment for October the 5th when, is it October 5th? October the 5th, when the transfer window closes and you've realised that we've made another cock-up. No, the I'm saying It's on who we bring in. Like I said, he shouldn't be, he should not be our first transfer. And I don't even want him in, but I'm just saying this. He should be, he shouldn't be our first I am That's so it. confident. I am so confident of this that either the next player that follows William will either be a youngster with an upper trajectory or nobody else. I guarantee this because I heard this that, is I heard, who we are. Our next guy is Coutinho, so I don't know. We'll see. Oh, oh, fuck Coutinho. If you fucking think is coming into this cunt, you're as dumb as you are fat and American. Being funny, I, I don't think he's coming. Seriously. Seriously. Anyway, so now that we've spoken, none at all about Nelson, but I think the fact that we spoke about um, Willian as a replacement for Nelson is a reflection of Nelson. So our minus one point was Hector Bellerin. Our minus two point was Nelson. Wait a minute. So that means either David Luiz or Granajaka is not in the minuses. That is... One Ooh. of those two is not in the minuses. And there's there's a reason for that as well, Ryan. Um, and our minus three, a shittest cunt of the year, despite a, a massive part of the fan base believing that this guy turned out oh, no, to be go. the Messiah, turned out to be the guy who was going to be, I don't know, the guy to not be the guy. Granite Jacker. Yeah. Ends up with a score of minus 93. So to put it into context, Scunny Mike, Hector Bellerin, a score of minus 34 overall. Reese Nelson, a score of 40 overall. Granite Xhaka, a score of minus 93. He's so fucking bad. <laughs> what was the squeaky voice? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> He's just so no, shit. Uh, and there's no shockwise in the minuses. Um, the really, mm. <laughs> I can't think of a better player to get all their minuses. To be perfectly honest with you, other than Mustafi, but he hasn't played <laughs> as many games. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't. Where's he fucked off to again? Doesn't matter. We can have this discussion. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying. Where's he? Fu- he's fucked off again. Yeah. I mean, so he asked a question. No, no, it it, it doesn't off. matter. Let let's yeah. let's let's go on. So uh, you know, a, a lot of those negative points, like I was saying to Max before, I feel the cheap likes because he does a job, you know, and he is a flawed player in a flawed system in a flawed 
lopsided team. So in defence of him, he is a problem. We've known he's a problem. We can do better, but he isn't the biggest problem. But you're in, say, in, yeah. my, in my opinion, I feel like he's an easy one to negative because easy of his target. flaws. Yeah, yeah. And easy I also target. feel like there's some games that he's quite suited to where he does a really good job. The low when block, said, the game. The, said, let me ball. fucking finish. The the Liverpool game, the, you know, the, the City game, you know, like those type of players where everything is in front of him and he can fall back into the defence and do quite a good job there. You know, when a game like the, the Chelsea, the FA Cup final, he was exposed hugely because of his lack of mobility, you know, and that goes to show the systemic nature, I guess, and the way that we either need to set up specifically to certain teams and the way they play, or bring in players to complement each other better. But for him, definitely, and don't forget in my negative threes, he was negative one out of the negative two and threes. So I'd like to say that I'm impartial, you know, with my, uh, with my analysis, is that he's flawed because of you know, his physical attributes and then the team around him. So we need to set up in a way that either suits him specifically or we need to use him in games that he is suited to and use him more, you know, for his, like, team role. Yeah, like you say, on the flip side of that as well, on the, it's his negative style of play, I think, the sideways and backwards passing i think that's what gets him a lot of the negative points uh, in my opinion anyway as well as the mistakes that he does make it's his negative style of play he he don't push forward Hmm? he hasn't made as many mistakes as what he has done in the past gunny and yet Uh, no uh, before before lockdown during the emery before Arteta. Yeah, before Arteta came in yeah he was making quite a lot of mistakes you know he was playing that emery style so yeah he was being probably like Toby was saying, not played in the position that he is suited, which yeah, I can I can agree that I can I can take that definitely. But I think mean, it's his negative style of play. It's his you know, with Sabayos so far after the after lockdown, if you're comparing the two, which you can do because they're both playing the similar position, Sabayos tries to push the ball forward, he tries to move it forward, where Xhaka still seems to want to play it backwards and sideways and tries to s- slow the game down, which is not what a lot of people want to see. You want to see pushing forward. You want to see Arsenal attacking. When you've got a front three as quick as what we have, you know, that there's, there's pace in amongst our front three players. You know, you've got Aubameyang, you've got Pepe, you've got Lacazette. They want the ball on that last man. They want to be pushing past that last man, and Xhaka doesn't do that. We have to go back to David Luiz to kick it forward. And I think that's that's what I was getting at in the sense of his negative style of play. We all know Xhaka can ping a ball forward. He's got a left foot on him. Why can't he do that in games recently? Well, the interesting thing there is that during the Arsene Wenger time, it was always believed that Granit Xhaka provided the most amount of final third entry balls because he was played further forward. He was, he was played as a guy who actually got in between the lines. Under Arteta, he's turned into this incredibly passive, incredibly deep, uh, almost backing into the third centre-back 
role. I don't think he and, played. I don't think he played advance in Wenger. I just think the team was so advanced, and that's mm-hmm. why we were so exposed on the counter. Yeah, yeah. But uh, regardless, the belief in the last six weeks of Arsenal fans in that he's the messiah and not just a naughty little boy. It is absolute fucking garbage. I I said it on Twitter and people came after me on Twitter and I say, fucking come after me now, right? The man is a 7 out of 10 player who for the majority of the time he played at Arsenal played at 5 out of 10. And since being put into a system under Arteta, which hid some of his deficiencies, he's been able to come back up to the level of 7 out of 10. A 7 out of 10 player will get you to 6th, 7th or 8th. And that's exactly where we fucking are. The best place we've finished with Jaka on our team is 5th place. You guys like 5th place? I don't fucking (laughs) like it. You know what? Let's 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 balance let's balance the argument. Let's let's do that. Let's balance the argument. He hasn't <laughs> been he hasn't been as bad under Arteta as he's been over the years. People who are saying that he should have the armband, I suggest you go and shoot yourself right in the ball bag, bro. Because he had the he had the armband and he threw it on the floor. That's what he thinks of the damn armband for him. For me, I was a, I wasn't a Jacker fan before that. I've never been a Jacker fan, but once you throw the armband on the floor, there is no redemption for you. I don't care how well you play football. The problem that you have with Jacker is when we saw it against Chelsea, when Pulisic and Mount were coming into the midfield, they were having a field day with him. It wasn't until we started to get on the ball and started to move it about that he came into the game. Mm. We when actually put you have... Niles into the midfield. We put yeah. Caitlin Niles into the three yeah, and good. nominated. Just yeah, good. yeah, just to just to give them, you know, just to move that ball a bit quicker. And just like we said with Sabios, he doesn't move quickly, but the ball moves quickly. With Xhaka, everything moves slowly. Everything moves slowly. His he slows the game thought, down. He slows the game down. His speed of thought is slow. When he's lost somebody, it's rash. He's got to pull somebody back. He's got to make that late, that last-ditch tackle that you know brings a foul. So he's still doing those little things that make him a problem. If you are, because he's not going anywhere, I've, I've accepted that he's not going to go anywhere, but he should not be our number one in terms of that midfield. Definitely no, not. If you're going to have... It needs runners. It needs somebody who is, if you're going to have somebody who is slow, then the brain and the football needs to be on point. Especially no, that's with the my issue, that Manny. That's my yeah. issue about guys who, there are guys who move quickly and the ball moves slowly. And there yep. are guys who move slowly and the ball moves quickly. <laughs> Granite, yeah. Xhaka, Granite Xhaka is fucking neither. It's right? like the ball moves slowly and the man moves slowly. Do you know what Granite Jacker is, right? In the scheme of things, like let, let's take like an average young man's love making. So there are like two options for a young man who's making love. Option one is pound hard and pound fast. Right? It's all about like let's just go as hard and as fast as we can. And usually jackhammer. Usually that's a man who's got a bit of timber behind him. It's a man who's got a bit of width. <laughs> a bit of girth, and he's thinking, two minutes, I can get it done, and I can get it done fast. But then you have another man who sits there and says, I don't want to come 
So I'm going to go with the rocking boat method. We've all attempted the rocking boat method. And I will tell you this now. Slow and steady never won a fucking race. The, mm -hmm. slow, and, the slow and steady puts too much fucking injection onto the general head of the cock. Right? So you end up in this. Granite Shaka is like attempting to slow and steady, but he is going to come fast and he is going to come hard and he is going <laughs> to fucking leave with his pants, his wallet and his drugs in his hand because he didn't fucking stay for long enough. No, Fact. I agree with that. I agree with that analogy. As <laughs> crazy as it is, I agree with that analogy. And if we are looking to move forward, if we are looking to build a team that is going to challenge, if you look at the current teams, and can I throw Chelsea in this? I'll throw Chelsea in this. If you are going to build a team that's going to challenge for the top, Granite Xhaka cannot be number one in that midfield because at some point in the big games, he is going to get rumpers. He's going to make an error. As good as he can be, it will not be enough. Granit Xhaka wouldn't get into any of the top sides in the Premier League. Period. He wouldn't get in any of. He wouldn't get in any he of those sides. He wouldn't make the bench. What do you mean? He, in some instances, he wouldn't make the bench. So why are we accepting? If we, if some people think that we are destined for the top, but we're accepting Granit Xhaka, that doesn't correlate. <clears throat> that doesn't make any does sense. Does not work. Does not work at all boys but we would very quickly mention a couple of things so the guys who just missed out of top three and bottom three and i thought it was really interesting that burnt leno missed out on top three players for us by two points overall by two points positive overall and i just wanted to kind of do a quick round table about burnt leno not only did burnt leno come very high in the points per game average. So for all of the games that Burnt Leno played, he ranked very, very high in average points per game. He always ranked, he also ranked incredibly high in positive points per game. And goalkeepers always end up ranking a little bit low in negative points per game because when a goalkeeper misses something, we tend to barge them hard. To a little soliloquy here. I'm going to do a Toby Ware soliloquy because so please stand by me while I do this. Oh, but no. to all of the people who are putting out on Twitter that somehow Emmy Martinez is a better keeper than Bernd Leno, <laughs> can you please give yourselves a fucking uppercut? Not only, not only has Emmy Martinez played in front of a zero pressure crowd for the time that he's come in, which cannot be un unspoken of. Not only has he played in front of a zero-pressure crown, but he has basically put on an amazing performance for a very, very short period of time under very little pressure. Burnt Leno across the entire season, throughout the Emery period, throughout the Lundberg period, throughout the Arteta period, and before he did the knee injury, was on such a high level that we were doing podcasts talking about this guy being one of the top three keepers in the Premier League. To start talking about Emmy Martinez as an option outside of pushing Leno to be harder is lunacy. And to all of you Arsenal fans talking about the possibility of selling Burnt Leno for £30 million, can I just say, what the 
fuck are you looking at and what the fuck are you watching? Boys, please discuss. So I've been having to bide my time for this, and I'm I'm excited we're talking about this because I've been kind of laying low in the bushes Rambo style, letting people talk about Martinez and kind of shutting Leno down. I'm like, yeah, Rambo all right. Style. You cool. mean pedo style. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Scott. Okay, anyway, <laughs> my point. You walked into that one. I did. Always. Always strolling through only strolling through the hooks. Um Marquise has been good. Uh he shut me up multiple games. I was under the impression when Leno got hurt, I wanted to see Matt Macy. I think Matt Macy is a better keeper than Martinez. I was quickly proved I'm an idiot. So yeah, he's he's proved me wrong. He's made me look like a fucking idiot. But Bert, yeah, Bert Leno is to me, Bert Leno is top. I know I'm a little biased, my my German, my German bias, but Berlino is easily, to me, top three in the Premier League. I could even make a case maybe top five in the world. Um, I think we need to get him back to health, and I know he's recovering quickly, and uh, he will show you why he is better than Emil Martinez. I think, and 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 uh, a big topic of discussion on multiple podcasts I've been on was, you know, should we keep both goalkeepers for next season or try to sell one? I think if the right offer comes in, we need to get rid of Martinez. I think if uh, a big team like a like a Sheffield United, like a Sheffield United who have a Man U loanee, they're gonna need a goalkeeper. Leeds United gonna need a goalkeeper. If we can get a right offer for Martinez, I think we should get rid of him. There's no need for you two go goalkeepers. from having a valuation of a guy from being about five million pound to being twenty five million pound. Toby, uh, five million pound two months ago to twenty five million pound now. You'd take the fucking twenty-five million pound now, yes? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, I think in this case, sentiment doesn't come into it. You know, he will forever be in our hearts. Like, what an amazing performance at the back end Basketball of the history. season after Leno goes down. But if we, if we're talking dollars and cents, or pounds and pence, or euros and whatever the fuck they have that are not dollars <laughs> is um that was one for you max with um some rambling there um Thanks, champion I, I think we have to yeah if the right offer comes in and we can make something from effectively nothing when we're not a great selling club as it is um a la the fucking william deal max then it would be it would be a, a good bit of business if if the right offer came in. If it didn't, then we have an excellent number two. Scunny, uh, the stupidity of the Martinelli love versus the normality of the fact that Burnt Leno has played behind a disgustingly bad. You mean player. Martinez? Yeah, sorry, Martinez. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've drunk a lot of fucking rum. Uh, oh, we can tell. And overproof from. So just incidentally, right, I uh, about seven years ago. You look like you're on... drinking fucking swish. <laughs> fucking swish. <laughs> fucking dancing with a dog. Everyone watch Trailer Park Boys at least season one to season eight. It, it is one of the greatest series that has ever been invented. But anyone who has ever smoked hash, done drugs, done mushrooms, done anything it is genuinely probably the greatest show that has ever been invented and i implore you to watch Man, I miss her. Trailer park boys regardless 
I miss Hash, man. I, I remember rolling a fat fucking spliff while we were doing an audio podcast, man. It was great. The the love I was so damn the love crazy. in your eyes just then, Manny, just it it made me want to partake. One that, day, that was, gen- that was one genuine. day, well into the future when all this COVID stuff is done, we'll all unite at a pub in Luton and just Oh hell no, hell no. Luton, no, please, no, you can do better than Luton, bro. Come on, don't you live in Luton? I I said Luton because I thought you lived in Luton. No, stop going on. These fucking no, this mouse got stuck down. (laughs) Just move it forward, you pack of cunts. Come on. Fuck. No, I live in no, I'm not saying. All right, wait. And yeah. um, basically, guys, where where we finished off was, um, the player of the season was Bakayo Saka, followed closely by Sabios, followed by Aubameyang. Uh, our negative players were Bellerin with a negative one, Nelson with negative two, Xhaka with a negative three, and. Um, Guys, I wanted to talk about points per game, right? So the points per game number, I decided not to make that our actual number because I didn't think that it ended up making sense across the entire season. And for the negative numbers, the funny thing is the points per game followed almost exactly what we expected in the actual points. So the points per game ended up being Bellerin, Nelson and Xhaka which followed the exact numbers as far as what we had expected from the previous points. But there were three players who appeared in the positive points per game that we should probably talk about. So coming in at number one, as our best player for the season, as far as positive points per game, was Kieran Tierney. Now, the erection for Kieran Tierney is large. So there are different types of erections as you grow up, right? There are up, up, uh, three-quarter erections. There are full erections. And there are the occasional erection that you have that is very slightly longer than the normal erection. Now, Kieran Tierney is definitely that erection. Scotty. Toby, Ryan, jump in on top of each other. Kieran Tierney, a future Arsenal captain, maybe one of the best players that we've signed in a long time, incredibly good in the last month of football. Give it to me. Talk to me. Tell me how good he is. Tell someone to talk so we don't talk over each no, other. No, well, it's not my job to fucking do it. I was basically expecting someone to jump on top of someone. All right, well, I... he's every, he's everyone's boner because he's the antithesis of everything that we fucking had under Arsene Wenger forever. Yes, yes, fucking yes, yes. Adama Troy. No, who's the fucking shit Troyore that we had, not the good one? We had Gail Clichy. We had any number of terrible left-backs who didn't like tackling or playing the rough stuff. This kid tucks his shirt in, does the old school stuff, you know, respects the club, would, you know, it just tackles hard, um, you know, runs hard, puts himself about, has a good contribution from an attacking sense, crosses the ball well. You know, there is no doubt that us fans love him because he's exactly what we want out of a player because he seems to give a fuck. 
He's uh, he's what we've been missing since Ashley Cole. Cashley. Yeah. Big Cole. Cashley. Big Cole. Yeah, he's, and he's, the fact that he's old school as well in everything that he does, like tucking his shirt in and the shouting. Pulling his socks up. To, yep. Pulling his socks up, going to Tesco's, you know. It's, mm. He is actually, he's, he's everything that every player loves, every fan loves. He's everything there. Yeah. And that's why people are getting huge boners over it. Yeah. And I, I think that's a good analogy with the Ashley Cole thing because as as Arsenal fans, we hate Ashley Cole because we loved him so much because he was the best. Oh, he had he had Ronaldo in his pocket. Manny Rees, we're talking about points per game. I know you just mm-hmm. have to run away to either wank or drink or smoke some hash. But uh, no, no, when, we're talk- when we're talking about players per game, as in points per game, Kieran Tinney ends up top of the pops for us for points per game or points per performance. Um, mm-hmm. Is this guy a guy who we should be looking towards captain in the future or is this just yep. a guy who we should be saying, I'll tell you something now, Manny. I was very upset by the, the so many people wanted him to play at centre-back because surely a man with two or three or four different variations of an amazing whipped cross should be playing further up the pitch. I agree. Right. And and he knows what kind of ball to put in. It's not Kalasanak head down, run and what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> what the what the yeah, Scunnian. I think Scunny has I like I'm signing no, as Fergus because I do it for I'm guns, convinced Scunny is like the third man in with Fergus and his missus. <laughs> so basically <laughs> once a year. So basically this is what happens, right? Once a year, <laughs> Fergus decides he wants <laughs> a third man in and he says to his missus it's gonna ha-, and every year it's Scunny. Right? Like third man oh in. Oh my god. No. No, what it is, it's because I do guns and yellow ribbons as well. I'm signed in with Fergus's account. Well, so. Scunny, you have stayed over there. Fuck mm. off. You have. You have. Mm. Scunny, would you find You can say shit like my wife will kick my ass. <laughs> Mate, I'm not taking that. <laughs> what the fuck was I saying, man? Um, We're talking about Tierney. KT. We're talking about Tierney. So... You know, it's it's when we're talking about the variation of his crossing, it's you know, he looks up and he knows exactly what the cross is going to be. And you know, what's been understated as well, it's you know, his long ball wasn't that bad either. You know, just when he found a Bamiang for if the penalty. Urzel, if Urzel played that ball, every Urzel uh, fan in the world would be pulling their fucking cross both times. <laughs> Can I just make a point while you're talking about his crossing as well? His throwing, yeah, yeah, he's got a yeah. unbelievable. He's got a roided yeah. up. But what, what I like about him, right? We talk about he's old school. He just gets on with it. It's what do you think about London? And he's like, yeah, I've never seen the city. All I do is train, go home, play my game, and I'm and I'm cool. And he's content with that. He's just wrote his socks up, hard work. Have you seen him get angry? That's a scary fucker when he gets angry. I think it was against Sheffield United and he lost it with the ref. And it was like veins in his neck, bro. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, you know, you're about a little crazy. That's the Scottish in him, mate. 
And that's yeah. the Scottish in him. And he's a proper player in the sense that he can do both sides of the ball, which is what a fullback is. He's a defender first and he's a good one. But when he gets forward, you know he's going to put that cross in. You know he's going to get that cut back. You, you just know it. You're confident with that. It's not a stinking Kalasanak. I'm surprised Kalasanak is not in any of the minuses, actually. How the fuck did that happen? But anyway, love Tierney. Future captain, bruv. Is anyone going to say anything? Would you like to tie this process up? Um, so other than that, the next most interesting person, obviously, Tina came in with positive three points for points per game. Uh, Saka came in with one point for points per game. Like I said, the three points were Bellerin, Nelson, Jacker, obvious. But the only other person left for us who we have not spoken about really is Gabriel Martinelli. Now, Gabriel Martinelli, uh, so for example, Tierney came in with an average of 2.94 positive points per game. Martinelli, 2.91, just a hair, just a Ryan's dick behind uh, Tierney. What do we Max, think? Take of off it? the comment. Well, it's not fucking me, mate. There's like the fucking well, mouse has got some bullshit stuff. You with fucking it. masturbate way too much to be having sticky <laughs> fucking mouse that can keep. What are you, mate, on. I am under the most draconian lockdowns. You will not <laughs> ask me about my masturbation habits. I've pregnant Leave wife. On home I have alone. one just who's fucking worked. I've got a pregnant wife. Like basically, I'm masturbating more than the average person masturbates at the moment. Did you ever not masturbate more than anybody else? Yeah, yeah, probably. I probably <laughs> did, Mike. I probably did, mate. I think the average person probably considers masturbating twice a day but only has time for once. Um, I've attempted twice, and the other day I attempted a third time, and it was so unproductive that I realised that I was, in fact incredibly old and beyond the point where three ejaculations <laughs> are possible in a day anymore. Though I, should, I, did I, try. Shouldn't, I shouldn't laugh because you shouldn't be encouraged. Wrap up the show. Wrap it up. <laughs> well, we were attempting to talk about We Martin can talk Martin. amongst ourselves after. No, we were talking about up. Martinelli. The show doesn't matter. No one listens to us. So um, we were talking about Martinelli, guys. Is Martinelli into the future? Scunny, we'll go with you just to finish it off. He comes in with our, our positive two for points per game, just behind Tierney. Had Martinelli not have got injured, what was the trajectory for the man? I think it was trajectory was going to be a high one. Definitely. He was playing so well. I don't think he I think he maybe only had one rough game, not really a bad game, just maybe a rough game. Uh, and I think that was against Burnley. Because uh, I was there that game. I don't think really anybody played well that game. The best game I saw him play was Chelsea. And because I was there, that place was rocking. It was a mosh pit. That thing was amazing. Mm. That was amazing. And I just can't get enough of that. And I, I know it was only a draw, but that goal, Kante still on the floor. Um, <clears throat> I, I can't get enough of that. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's one of a highlight of a shit mm. season. That was. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Regardless of whether they slipped and like shot themselves in the foot, it was amazing. Oh, 100%. And Kante, like I say, Kante's still on the floor from that. He's, he's still trying to grab his leg. 
<laughs> Why well, didn't play on Saturday in the FA Cup final? That's what I heard. You are I sorry? Think he had, I think he had hamstring tightness or something like that. And he, he was on. He was on the bench, I think. Um, no, I, I was certainly fallen out of favour with Lampard a little bit. Hmm. Lampard is shit, man. <laughs> He's not calling Fat Frank like, for nothing. I like Fat Frank. I loved Fat Frank for he's England. F- he's fucking overrated as a coach, bro. He's overrated. He's overrated. Time will tell. Mm. Well, All right, guys. He's got a budget behind him. That's it. This yeah. brings us to the end of this Aspros rank cast. And not only to the end of this Aspros rank cast, but this season of the Aspros rank cast. <laughs> and not because of so, the Aspros, just because of the season's finished. So the five of us, the five of us who are who are here on the film right now, you're going to hear a lot more of us next season, but in a very different format. So basically, Manny Riz, the Shadow, the Smudge, the Dark Man himself, the poet of the Yensness, Yens Laymanness. He is going to continue to do hot topics. And if anyone has not listened to a hot topic, our hot topic podcasts are actually our most listened to, most downloaded podcast. It's basically Manny, sometimes me, sometimes uh, Scunny, sometimes the pod horde. Uh, it's basically about us ripping down topics to their bare bones. And Manny Riz will continue to do those. Scunny Mike has stood up, and Scunny Mike is going to be doing a preview show for us next season. So Scunny's going to be previewing all of the Premier League shows. Uh, Ryan, the Million Dollar Man, the same old Arsenal YouTube fucking legend that he is, is going to be doing the shitty, dirty fucking cups in fucking Azerbaijan and shitty South Belarus, Bosnia and Belarus. Ah! Toby and I are going to go back to the original format and start bringing you an audio-only version of the Ars Bros, which is going to be an Ars Bros um, post-game review show. And then all of us together are going to come together and do the uh, the monthly review. It's going to continue on the plus threes and negative threes and all of those things. So really interesting times ahead. We look forward to bringing it to you next season. We really look forward to... Six weeks, seven weeks off. And I can promise you this, Aspros listeners, of the very few that you are, we will not do a transfer podcast. No. We will not do a rumors podcast. We will not release some fucking Nigerian fella's idea of what (laughs) happened in something that happened. We will not be an Ethiopian uh, fucking conduit for rumours. Nothing will happen from Arsbros until we're back next season. And when we are back, back next season, trust us, we'll be back. And to all my brothers and ours, all the guys who have contributed over the course of the year, to Scunny, to Toby, to Manny, to Ryan, to the bearded gooner, to all of our friends, to Cannon Fodder TV, uh, to the Mr. Arsenal podcast, all of our friends, all of our family, we say thank you very much. And this is us signing off for 2019-2020. Anyone want to add anything? Go for it. No, just shut, the, just shut the fuck up and then let's end the season. 
I'm a broadcaster, Toby. Go fuck yourself. Act like you never put drugs in your ass. Piece of shit. <laughs> Shelving.